This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spreading like fist. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. It's a decade of podcasting, and it's also a decade of your favorite online listening experience, and that's this one. This is Marking Out, Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Yes, this is episode 522. Yes, we've done this for 522 consecutive weeks, but this is also our 10th year of being a podcast. I've seen podcasts not even go to a year. I've seen podcasts not even go to six episodes. But we have consistently done it for 10 years straight. And we thank every single person that has listened to this podcast before or has listened to this or is listening to this podcast for the first time for listening. You can find all of our episodes, mostly all of our episodes, at markingout.com on all of your major podcasting applications. We always ask you to, as every podcast should be asking you, to rate, review, give five stars, Helps out the algorithm of the podcast. Social media-wise, you can find us Facebook.com slash out, Twitter.com slash out. Um, I screwed this up last week. YouTube and Instagram.com slash out 11 and Twitch.tv slash out. You can get our merchandise, ProWrestlingTees.com slash out. At the time of recording this, there's a sale February 2nd to 4th, but at the time of this is going to be released, it's over. So thanks, everybody, for buying shirts. 10-year anniversary shirts. Always fantastic. Uh, and you can email us if you want to sponsor us at markingout1 at gmail.com. My name is Chris. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris Sweendog. I'm also sitting here with somebody that shoot, I thought, for like a good five minutes, uh, went and started his own podcast, and it was like <laughs> rated number like 18 in all the podcasts in the, you know, in the world, Dave, who you could follow on Twitter at DaveTheRave underscore M-O. Dave, how you doing? I am doing great. Thanks for asking. How about yourself? I'm doing great. And we are also here with the Count of Monte Fisto. Cousin Brandon. Brandon Brandon. Brandon Sandow. Brandon Housen. <laughs> uh, the Judas of, of podcasting because he's not a prophet. Brandon, you can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at his social media influencing accounts which is a shoot rib at BTTG161. Brandon, how are you doing? I'm doing awesome as always. <laughs> what an Come intro. On, you be hyped. What an intro. Yeah, you're welcome. Wow. Wow. I know. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hiding in my bedroom right now recording this. Rachel's going to be like, what is going on in there? Big blizzard. <laughs> I feel, Big I feel like you're ready to, to announce the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Uh, that guy is just, no, like that guy, he's like, this man is legendary, wrapped in an enigma, wrapped in, like, that guy gets me hyped. I forget what his name is, but he's freaking awesome. That didn't but get you hyped? I, yeah, when I watched a hot dog eating no, contest. No, I mean, I that like, intro that you just gave didn't get you hyped. Yeah, I'm kind of sweating a little bit. Yeah, so you're hyped. Dude, yeah. if you think you're sweating, you should check me out right now. That was what? awesome. That's such a weird thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> Dave's going to start breaking like boards over his head. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, we were, it's Monday. You know what that means, that we released an episode three days ago. So I want to. So how was your weekend? I don't want to ask you how your week was because, you know, 
I talked to you on Friday, Brandon. How was your weekend? It was good. I uh, I met a new puppy. My brother got one, so I went over and I met her. Okay, what's the dog? What is puppy's name? It's Nala. Okay. I don't necessarily agree with naming a dog after a cat, but <laughs> but my brother's a Lion King, Mark. So. Okay. But yeah, it's a, a fat a fat dog named Pumbaa. No, it's it's no, he doesn't. That's his first actual dog that he owns. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Sweet. Nice. What nice. else did you do? That's really that's it. Cool. I, I guess. Cool. Yeah. So I look forward, yourself, look forward you know, to spending for more the... years with the little puppy. Nice. <laughs> and Dave, yourself, what about you? What did you do this weekend? Uh, this weekend, I... Oh, man. I, I believe I, I just kept busy working, but that's really it, you know? Uh, counted down the days to this snow, this blizzard that we that's are It's happening right outside. now as we're recording this. It's kind of absurd. Yeah. There's not even any M&Ms. I know, what? right? It's a DQ joke. Phony. <laughs> Oh, God. I don't even like DQ blizzards, but I took the opportunity to make the joke, and it didn't hit, so whatever. What's uh, the gimmick that Carvel has? Uh, Carvalanche. Yeah, those are pretty good. I'm not, what I about you, like Chris? How was your weekend? What do you do? Um, yeah, um, I filmed some fencing on Saturday, which was riveting. <laughs> did, yeah. you, did you use the uh, just joust it? Oh, no, my boss was t- – so, like – I didn't tell Brandon this. So it's Friday night. I'm texting my boss. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I got, you know, we got two meets. We, I had to film two fancy meets back to back. My boss says, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, can I put like a lower third up saying like, you know, we'll be back at this time. He goes, only if you can use the word joust in it. I'm like, <laughs> okay. So we have a, a group, me, Dave, and our friend, Sal and Mike have our, our BCW group message, uh, group text. And I'm like, I'm, I was like, listen, I need people to use the word joust in like a lower third between meets. So we had like joust in time, joust do it. Um, we had a whole bunch of them. I can't scroll back because it just went to stock talk as, you know, life is now all about stocks. I just um, can't wait to be king. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. But um, yeah. And then yesterday um, I edited this big project that I've been working on all day to get a first cut done, which I did. Um, and then I sat back and for the first time in like, four months i watched the wwe network because last night was one of my favorite events of the year and that was the royal rumble emanating from the dump known as tropicana field because it is a shoot dump i've been there before it is not a really good baseball stadium um but on the network and you kicked off you had the pre-show in which we have new tag team champions as Nyla, Nia Jack, Nyla, wow, uh, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler picked up the victory over Asuka and Charlotte Flair. I feel like this was like more of extending the storyline with Charlotte Flair and Ric Flair than it was like, oh, hey, guess what? They won the tag team titles. Yeah, like, which yes, is... they won the tag team titles, but it was the yeah. bigger story was, you know, Ric Flair's involvement and Lacey Evans' involvement to help Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler win the title. Uh, which totally is exactly, yeah, that's exactly why I was saying for the past whatever many weeks that this feud isn't a tag team feud. It's literally just Charlotte versus Lacey Evans. Yeah, which will be some big yeah. blow, blow off. Ric Flair's going to come out of retirement at uh, <laughs> at SummerSlam. I mean, at WrestleMania, it's going to be uh, Ric Flair and Lacey Evans versus Andrade and Charlotte. Book it now. And uh, I mean, I'm, I was I'm gonna totally say, fine with, yeah. Dave and I, 
we feel like idiots. We should have seen this coming. How did we not see this happening? <laughs> I and we spoke about. I mean, especially because we spoke about the rumble, how Lacey Evans was going to interrupt with Charlotte Flair in there, and just not thinking that she was going to ha- play a factor with this match is just stupid of us. But we should have seen it coming, and I am totally fine with this. I think that uh, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler pick up the victory. It makes sense. They are a tag team, um, and they are a powerful tag team, and they have a nice gimmick of their gimmick is not working together unless it's beating the crap out of people. And yeah. I think it's great, and it just it we should have seen it coming. Yeah, for sure. And just hopefully uh, we get actual tag teams now. Nah, that's not going to happen. Um, and then you kick off the main show of the Royal Rumble. Your first match of the night was Drew McIntyre picking up the victory and defending his WWE Championship against Bill Goldberg in a match that was 2 minutes and 32 seconds, which I shoot thought that Bill Goldberg was going to beat Drew McIntyre at first. Um, but, um, yeah. I'm thankful he didn't. I, Goldberg came out wearing those MMA shorts, which is just like... It's funny because I tweeted it on. out, and then Chris texted me. He goes, "New toy." <laughs> yeah. No, and I think, I think that everybody really started thinking about Goldberg going over. I know me and Brandon were not looking forward to it because of that, but um, I during the match, hope. it yeah. But during during the match, I texted Brandon. I'm like, "It's gonna be spear, 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 jackhammer." McIntyre kicks out Claymore victory, and. The reason I thought that was because that's exactly what happened with Lesnar. And I think that that puts over McIntyre so much more than just a quick match or even a, a prolonged match. Goldberg can't go that, that long in a matchup. Let's be realistic. Goldberg should not so be going if, if that it's long. A, if it's a quick match like that, if, he, if he's able to kick out of the spear, 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 if he could kick out of that jackhammer that has put away... Roman Reigns is put away. Brock Lesnar is put away. The Fiend. If Drew McIntyre is able to kick out of that, then that just puts him on another level. It just says that hey, he defeated last year. He defeated Big Show. He defeated Lesnar. This year he's defeating. He defeated. He's gonna. He defeats Goldberg. It helps solidify McIntyre in a time where it's difficult to solidify any champion during this COVID. Because there's era. no crap. Yeah. Because yeah. there's no. Uh, no. There's no one there. Yeah, and before exactly. before the so match, I, we I think saw this is the best thing they could have done. Before the match, we saw that Glasgow kiss and a spear, and mm-hmm. they took it to the outside. Goldberg spears him through that barricade, and the OMG OMG moment from uh, whatever yeah, WWE 2K, from whatever. Basically, every WWE game at this point, but <laughs> pretty much like Dave said, it was it was a claymore, two spears, a jackhammer, which when he hit that jackhammer, man. My heart sank. I was like, "No, dear God, no!" <laughs> I, but he got that I other. Didn't, I didn't get that. Win. I didn't get that feeling. I didn't get that feeling. I mean, it's not the jackhammer of him stalling suplex. As no, no, I, I didn't was, get but... nervous at the actual jackhammer. I got nervous at the. Oh my God, is he going to beat Drew McIntyre? Oh, for some reason, I didn't get that. I didn't get that feeling. I guess because once I texted, I was just like, I'm almost certain this is how it's going to play out. Matchup after that was for the SmackDown Women's Championship. The champion, Sasha Banks, retained over Carmella. This was... I like this match. I've been liking their feud. 
I mean, for yeah. me, that doesn't watch WWE. I mean, it really did nothing for me. I, liked, I mean, it was a good match. Yeah, don't get me wrong, but, you know, it just, okay, you know. I could. I liked Carmella using Reginald to do that step-up clothesline outside. And Carmella almost killing herself? Oh, my God, oh dude. That was, God. that was insane. I'm, that was so scary when that happened, and that was, thank goodness she got up. But I could understand where Chris is coming from uh, with that feeling. I know Brad felt the same way, where it was just like, oh, Carmella and Sasha Banks again glad things haven't changed but it's different it's a different sort of Carmella and with Reginald and everything like that different aspect I thought that it was a really uh fun and good match yeah I like because we, um, we also got that tease with Reginald and Sasha where it's like oh maybe she'll like me and then she goes put me down and then does a hurricane Rana to get out of it mm-hmm. so I thought it played into the storyline nicely and uh I enjoyed the match now Sasha Banks moves on to the road to WrestleMania as champion. Yep, and she will be facing, she could be facing, the winner of the Women's Raw Rumble, which was next, and that winner was Bianca Belair. Uh, last eliminating Rhea Ripley, and I liked this match a lot. I thought it was fun. They had a great use of NXT talent. They had a great use of, you know, quote-unquote Hall of Famers and you know, free agent talents, as you want to call it. Um, but it was fun. They did a great job with it. Yeah, uh, this is actually one of the reasons, like you mentioned earlier, that this Royal Rumble is your favorite event, or one of them. And I feel the same way. I feel like such a strong connection to it as my childhood with the Royal Rumble, where anything can happen. You never know who's going to be coming out next or who's going to eliminate who. What tag team is going to stick together? What will break up? And I thought that the inclusion of all these surprises and NXT talent, it was it was fun. And it's cool. I mean, Bailey starts out number one. Naomi makes her surprise return at number two. So it was cool that we got Naomi out there. And Bianca Belair, I believe, is the first person to win it at number three. And they and that was the story that they're painting. Like, oh yeah, number three is a terrible position to be at because no one's ever won it for number three. They even did that in the men's world. Yeah, also. they completely as in like they completely forgot about Bianca Belair winning. No, I thought that Some was funny. Like, I think one of my favorite parts of the women's Royal Rumble was Billy Kay. Yeah, she was. She a, wasn't actually a in the player. match a lot, but she added a nice, like, comedic approach to it. And then when she came in, they gave her the spotlight on it, and it was cool. Yeah, it was nice to see her come out there, sit on commentary, and then try to make friends with everybody that was coming out there. Yeah, coming out with her 8x10s and everything. Billy Kay, I love the gimmick right now, where she doesn't know where... She's trying to find her own and where she fits in. Um yeah, very, very entertaining. The one who bit and finally agreed to team up with Billy Kay was Jillian Hall, which I popped Billy, for. Billy and Jillian, I thought it was great. I thought it was a highlight point of the Rumble for me. And the, the next person out was Ruby Riot. So that left Billy Kay in a very awkward position. And we get Victoria, which is an awesome pop. And right after that, Peyton Royce. So Billy Kay's got her newest partner, Jillian Hall. Ruby Riot and Peyton Royce all together to leave like and the so, most awkwardness, awkward spots between her and the partners. 
which was very funny. And Chris, just to, like I know you probably are out of the loop. She's been trying to fit in with the Riot Squad recently. Yeah, I pay attention on social media. Okay, so, so so I thought that that entire spot where I thought it was really funny where wherever Ruby Riot was, no matter what turnbuckle she was battling in. Her and Jillian Hall were going to that turnbuckle to help yeah. Ruby Riot out. And then after that, you had that really awesome Iconics reunion where for that one moment, they did the arm wrench and they looked at each other and then they just meshed. And then they went, well, Peyton Royce went for the Iconics and Ruby Riot was just like, uh-uh, like, what are you doing? But that's what I don't, I hate about Ruby Riot right now. Why is she playing Billy Kay like that? One day she doesn't want to be with her. The next Mark. day she wants to be with Mark. her. Why is Mark. she in so much control of her? Ruby Wright's so controlling. I'm not a fan. Um, I liked Victoria. Peyton Royce doing her, her move, the, her version of the Guerrero bomb. Widow's Peak. Yeah, the Widow's Peak. Mm-hmm. I wish that she came out to all the things she said. <laughs> and then Victoria, like, one-upping Peyton Royce to show her how it's really done. I thought that was cool. And it's also cool because Victoria was a uh, a leaked image of a Titantron image from last year's Royal Rumble. That just like was a tease that ne- she wasn't even supposed to be in it last year. So it's nice to see her here. I liked they mm-hmm. had a good use of NXT talent. You had Shotzi Blackheart in there, Tony Storm, Santana Garrett, Dakota Kai. And uh, you could say the, the woman who had the most eliminations at seven at Rhea Ripley, who went to the final two. Yeah. And, you know, I want to talk about the, the last couple minutes because your final three was Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley, and Bianca Belair. You have Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair both eliminate Charlotte Flair, and then they're both sitting on the ring and they're like, nope, let's do this right. They both go back in the ring and they settle it like, you know, you, you can say gentlemen, but they're, shoot, they're actual real women. You know, they settled it like two fighters that want the best one to succeed in this and rather than somebody get a cheap shot in the apron. I thought it was a great yeah. way to do it. It didn't make Charlotte Flair look weak because it took two people to eliminate her. Most importantly, so I thought, it ties and, into and it was, last year. What? Last year, when Charlotte won the Royal Rumble and Rhea Ripley challenged her, Charlotte shows up to NXT. Bianca Belair gets inserted in that feud but pushed out. Yeah, and I believe I believe last year Charlotte Flair eliminated Bianca Belair. That could be. That I, could... I think that after she eliminated her, Bianca Belair was saying, I got, like, I got you back now or something like that. But I thought that that conclusion was awesome. I was just going to say, thank goodness, no Kelly Kelly. Sorry, Brandon. <laughs> I was, I was uh, very uh, disappointed to see Bailey eliminated. I was hoping she would go all the way. I, she was eliminated during an entrance. You didn't even get to see the elimination. I know. I was surprised by that, too. I'm surprised that she didn't go that far into the distance. I Especially with everything, you know? And yeah. she, her haircut with Cole in the back. Yeah, I thought that was. And Michael funny. Cole wasn't and then, even and there. And then Jerry Lawler ended up commentating the match, <laughs> and she yelled at him. <laughs> yeah, um, I well, like. I thought that, it was good. Uh, uh, the the power bomb spot that Dana Brooke had with Rhea Ripley on the oh, apron. Oh man, that was a sick spot on the apron. Yeah, and it's also yeah, it's Rhea funny. Ripley. Go on. No, Rhea Ripley really stood out in this event, and she got so many. Uh, great eliminations too. You know, she eliminated um, uh, from the legends to NXT to the main roster. Rhea Ripley was a standout. I was expecting Mandy Rose to do more in this match, but 
I feel, I guess she had she had a bigger showing I think last year than this year. Mm-hmm. Um, nah. I think if you maybe don't know anything about current day storylines and you tune into the Raw like Rumble because you're a huge fan like of the me? Raw Rumble. Well, you, like you, exactly. but you see you see tweets and stuff. Yeah, but I, I'm not paying attention to them. But oh you didn't God, think you didn't on? think. But when when Ric Flair's music and entrance hit, you didn't think Ric Flair was going to be in the Rumble, right? Absolutely no. not, because I watched the beginning of the show. Right, so that's Rick what I'm Flair saying. Come out with Lacey Evans. That's if what I'm you, saying. Even so, if you watched the pre-show, you would have realized it. But if you didn't watch the kickoff show, because most people don't watch the kickoff show, I feel. So I think it was funny to see Ric Flair's entrance and everything during the Women's Raw Rumble there. Uh, somebody who won a championship during the Royal Rumble match. We saw Alicia Fox in there. And R-Truth makes his way down to the ring. And he gets chased by a few of the guys wanting the 24-7 championship. Which he then used Alicia Fox to fight them off. Which I thought was really funny. And was there... I? I forgot. Was there a relation between R Truth and Alicia Fox when she was around? I don't think so. I feel I like think there it was, was just her like being in the in the match there, and her but, I mean, her like being the one there, to get I feel the, like t- they, the title. They, I feel like they had some sort of thing that was taking place. But I thought Alicia Fox coming back that was really nice to see. Yeah, and she won the twenty four seven championship. And after she was eliminated. Uh, she was able to, uh, uh, R-Truth was, was the one, uh, who pinned her to get it back. Um, we saw Lana make her return in this and she was actually the person that eliminated Nia Jax, I believe. I thought that she, uh, yes, you are correct. What I didn't like was when she got into the ring, she didn't go directly after Shayna Baszler or Nia Jax. She went after someone else. Yeah. And after that entire buildup of her being taken out by Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, you would think that after she stood there for so long on the ramp, you're like, oh, she's back. She's back. And then she gets in the ring and she doesn't even go after them. I didn't like that. I thought that was a stupid, stupid thing to do. We saw Alexa Bliss enter the Royal Rumble in a, like the Firefly Funhouse version of Alexa Bliss and everyone jumped her. And then Fiend gimmick started happening and it looked like maybe we were going to see her transform into the fireball throwing Alexa Bliss that we've seen recently, but she gets eliminated. By Rhea Ripley. Before she transforms, she gets eliminated. And I thought that was a brilliant spot. I agree with you. I think that I love how everybody attacked her all at once because they know how powerful Alexa Bliss is now. And to be eliminated mid-transformation, genius. Also, I was definitely not expecting to see Santana Garrett in this rumble. Yeah, and she was your, uh, your... pick for the rumble not my pick it was just my number <laughs> yeah your number <laughs> it was funny uh that not funny but there was a picture i think tori wilson posted it on instagram of a bunch of the women from the royal rumble last night and sasha banks and tj uh tyson kidd who i i assume put this match together mm-hmm. casey cat nazaro was in the picture in gear yeah i thought that i saw that too they probably just had a few extras back there just in case anything happened. But overall, during this match, I was thinking about it. Compared this Royal Rumble, and even the last Royal Rumble, 
to the first, the very first one that they did, and look at how improved every single competitor in these women uh, Royal Rumble matches have gotten. Yeah, but I originally the, the first one was really good. I disagree. I think it was really good for what it was, but it was sloppy. I thought it was, it was good a lot with a bad ending. I think that it was a sloppy match. I think that there was a lot of confusion at times. I think that people didn't know how to uh, manage the commotion. But hey, Dave, have you ever put together have... a thirty-person match with ev- everybody's eliminations and stuff like that? I'm sorry. I said, have you put ever put together a thirty-man, thirty-woman uh, battle royal? You oh know. no, but I, but I, but I, but I could definitely compare the two of them. And the first one looked like it was a, just a cluster where they didn't know how to manage themselves and the commotion going on. But now they seem to have a better rec- rec- better time recognizing uh, the position of where everyone is and working together as a unit. And I think it looks great. Absolutely. Well, that's that's the, anything. You know, it's like riding a bike. The first time you get on a bike, you're not that great. As you continue on, you slowly get better and better. I thought it was a fantastic Royal Rumble. Yeah, I thought Let's it was really on. good. Yeah, after that, yeah. we saw backstage... Miz and Morrison meet up with Bad Bunny, who performed earlier in the night. I know Dave, not a fan at all. I still, I'll, I'm not a fan of it at all either. B- I'll Dave, stand Brandon on that hill. He got, like. he got his uh, Bad Bunny Royal Rumble shirts in the mail. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, so he's he's not denying it. That's I know I didn't buy a Bad Bunny T-shirt. That's like if I bought a Poppy T-shirt. I didn't buy one. <laughs> What's uh, do you own a, a Triple H Motorhead t-shirt, Chris, or no? I own a Motorhead t-shirt. Oh. I don't own a Triple H Motorhead t-shirt. No Snoop Dogg Undertaker merch? Why would I buy? I don't even listen to Snoop Dogg. <laughs> I don't know. You know, you never know. Some people I like own a Metallica you know, Spongebob Chris, shirt. Chris is all about representing the West Coast. A Metallica yeah, yeah. Spongebob shirt? I sure as hell do. Is that like a That's shoot cool. shirt, though, sold by them? Or is that it's like a, a knockoff one shoot, from Facebook? Licensed Metallica and Spongebob shirt. <laughs> That's bizarre. Um, it's it, I'm going to sell it for a lot of money. <laughs> but uh, but Miz and Morrison met up with Bad Bunny, and they asked him to join forces with him, which they turned him down. He turned he turned them down. I mean, and then they start trashing Booker T, and he showed up behind them, and that led into uh, the the next one of the absolute worst moments in professional wrestling history. I think. They randomly had a segment in between the pay-per-view where they went to the kickoff show panel. And R-Truth joins (laughs) them. And Peter Rosenberg in one of the... He trips into the pin, folks. He pins R-Truth to win the 24-7 championship. Yeah, we gotta get Don LaGreca in there to... uh, The only redeeming thing from that pin was R-Truth calling... Peter Rosenberg, Michael K. <laughs> yeah, That's I thought great. that was funny. It would have been cool to see Don LaGreca maybe win it from him, and then Dave LaGreca pins him and gets the 24-7 championship. Yeah, figure poke <laughs> doom. Dave LaGreca has it. And That'd now be bu- awesome. Busted open, will be, he'll be the champion of the people. The but after the absolute people. worst moment in professional wrestling history... We went into we went into a last man standing match for the Universal Championship, where the champion Roman Reigns retains against Kevin Owens. I thought this was a really good match. I thought this was great. They used yeah. the 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 platform where the fans are, which plays into their whole storyline. 
Reigns tosses Kevin Owens off of it into the on t- uh, through two tables, and Kevin Owens like instantly recovers, which also I think plays into the storyline. I I feel like I saw people complaining like, how could you recover from being thrown into two tables like that? Kevin Owens said on SmackDown, nothing is going to stop him. He has the power of both of his grandfathers who passed away behind him. And he's like the fire inside his heart. He just wants to be universal champion. Nothing will stop him. And I thought it was great. They go backstage during this. Roman Reigns, AEW. A lot of fans claim AEW here. Runs Kevin Owens over with the golf cart, which I thought was hilarious. Kenny Omega. I I didn't expect it. God bless Kenny Omega for saying, guys, relax. It was a good spot. Um, yeah, I then, thought it was great because yeah. it wasn't like because the people pointed out the Sammy Guevara spot was more of like a comedic style spot. The way it was the shot, Sammy. you have this long form, this, this wide out shot of Sammy running from Matt Hardy. It's it's Matt Hardy looks monstrous. You have Kevin Owens just walking to the back, boom, gets hit by a, glass breaks. He gets hit by a golf cart. It's totally uh, different. And the the Sammy Guevara oh. spot, I like both spots, but both spots are just so different. Where I still don't understand Guevara taking a hit the way he hit on that. It was head first on the little on the on the pole on the side of the the cart, and it's just like that was an insane in an insane spot. I liked Kevin Owens going through the the windshield here, and then yeah, I also I, I like WWE on Fox, kind of maybe putting all the AEW marks in their place, being like. Uh, Tweeting out a picture, a, vi- a video of it, I should say, of WrestleMania 18 with Kane and Raven, saying okay. that uh, Roman Reigns finished what Kane wasn't able to do. Mm-hmm. Nice. So I thought that was cool. I liked Kevin Owens using that forklift to get some height to jump out onto uh, Roman Reigns. There, uh, yeah. we saw that huge spear through the entrance stage. That I thought was going to be it, but Kevin Owens at the last second rolled off of the stage to get onto his feet, his feet, which I thought was a great spot. And uh, then we saw Kevin Owens handcuff Roman Reigns so low to the stage that he couldn't stand up. And yeah. just when you think Roman Reigns was going to lose, he pulls the referee into the stage, knocks out the ref. Smart move. New referee yeah. comes out, kind of stops counting that while Paul Heyman, like, really tried Looks to like- unlock the handcuffs. But uh, the match ends. Roman Reigns locks Kevin Owens in that guillotine choke and uh, chokes him out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I thought it was a great match. I thought it was fun. I liked, you know, I liked Kevin Owens' uh, swanton bomb spot. Great. Yeah, that um, was a fantastic swanton. Even though you know the the drone shot that they got was need to be exposed just a little bit more, but you know that's uh, it, a. It's uh, funny. <laughs> One of the uh, the advertisements in the background during that match, uh, it was Kane's something, and I thought it was funny. It was foreshadowing. I saw that. I I, I thought that too. I saw Kane the Kane advertisement, and I was just like, uh oh, foreshadowing. Uh, but I've seen that before on their shows. Main event of the Raw Rumble. We saw Edge win. Go the distance. The Raw Rumble, yeah. Edge was Go number one. Randy Orton was number two. The night before, they announced on WWE backstage that Randy Orton was spot number one. And Edge was number two. And I, weird that they flipped them for this. 
Who cares? I, mean, I, I just they, think they it's did, weird they did it for Edge... They did it for the reason because they they want to hype up going up to WrestleMania. Edge coming back from uh, you know retiring came in number one. It's it's not the same if they say Edge came in number two. But do you know you have who's to have in that, that hard history streak. book with Edge now? What? That history book, that spot is Shawn Michaels and Chris Benoit. Uh, it's only Shawn Michaels according to WWE. So. I think they, I think they did say with two other people, but I'm yeah, not but they, sure. they'll never, they'll never mention Chris Benoit. But it was really cool because Edge won the 2010 Royal Rumble on the exact same date. True. I thought that was awesome, and it was cool because yeah. Edge and Orton they brawled before the Royal Rumble started. Then you see Sami yeah. Zayn come out, and then Mustafa Ali came out, and they all team up to take on edge try to eliminate edge at that point i texted one of my friends jokingly i'm like oh number five is gonna be christian to save edge but it was jeff hardy and i thought jeff hardy worked in that spot as well Mm -hmm. we see new day enter to take on Sami Zayn, which i liked we see new day also take on mustafa ali I like also got to got to mention their attire. Yeah, they, it was they awesome. were they were all Kofi Kingston was backstage as well. They all had matching Luke Harper Brody Lee gear, which I thought was fantastic. And it's yeah. getting I couldn't, I couldn't right really now ma- on eBay, and the um, proceeds from that said auction are going to I believe it's a uh, food shelter in Rochester. Oh, that's awesome. where Luke Harper's from. That's amazing. Um, Biggies I- for the children. I did like, though, Big E taking on, um, or Woods taking out Sami Zayn, and then Sami Zayn, or I forget, who eliminated who there? I don't know. Sami Zayn, I think, it ended up with Big E taking them out. They got revenge. Mustafa, uh, Big E eliminated both Sami Zayn and Mustafa Ali. Yes, but I think Xavier Woods was taken out by Mustafa Ali, right? I believe so. Yeah, so so E got like revenge for Woods there and took him out. So I thought that was cool. Um another spot to me, Ricochet. It makes no he lost to AJ Styles. He shouldn't have been in the Rumble. I didn't get that at all. He lost his opportunity there. Who did he pay off? Well, did he really lose an opportunity? Yes. That was for, in in my mind, from what I remember, it was a spot in the Royal Rumble match. Well, I mean, it doesn't mean that there's no other way to get into the Rumble. But I did pop because we got to see see Ricochet face off with John Morrison, which was a Lucha Underground feud. So I thought that was kind of cool. No, I didn't even think about that one. Uh, Only one. I was about to say only one NXT uh, person was represented in the Royal Rumble. and That was Damian Priest. Yeah. But he looked great, yeah, too. Wow. Eliminated, eliminated The Miz, and eliminated Elias, eliminated John Morrison. Um, so, really, but, uh, you know, kind of, hopefully he gets uh, called up to one of these uh, SmackDown or Raws. There's, we... there's one person that you, that you left out that I think is probably the biggest rub of all of them. Probably the biggest rub in the entire Royal Rumble matchup. Oh, Kane. Damian Priest eliminated Kane. That's right. That and they, is... And they had the big man, the big guy... Uh, square off yeah yeah that was huge and so valuable for damian priest to get that elimination of kane because we know kane as this was actually his record every time he appears now it's record-breaking because this is his 18th 
uh, Royal Rumble appearance. Yeah. Which he actually entered at number 18 too, I believe. Yeah, he did. And I also, so, I popped because he eliminated Dolph Ziggler and Ziggler is the second highest amount. Ziggler, yeah. I think, is at 14? It, it was really cool to see Priest even square off with Edge. Like, also, this is a... Because, I, I, I mean, for, my, for, for me, whenever I've seen Damian Priest coming up in the NXT, I always made comparisons of uh, Damian Priest to Edge. I think that they have the same nah, physique. I don't see it at all. I think, Not at all. Well, I think, I think that they have the same physique in the aspect that also Damian Priest can, can have uh, uh, fast-paced maneuvers as well. Um, yeah, different, uh, different set, but I definitely see a lot of similarities. I think Damian Priest is going to go very far. Uh, something that we didn't mention earlier on in the Rumble, Jeff Hardy tossed out first. Came out five, tossed out first. Women's Raw Rumble, Shotzi Blackheart came out fifth and, and lost first. Wow, you're really diving uh, deep in here, Brandon. Jeez. I thought that was cool. Shotzi Blackheart tweeted I don't, that I don't out know if they, saying I don't Jeff know Hardy if they took planned that spot. one out specifically. I don't know. Maybe they did. I guess they had to. I right? don't know. Yeah, Shotzi tweeted it out. And I thought it was cool. But Miz makes his way out, and before he enters the Royal Rumble, he takes out all that DJ equipment to sort of, like, get one up on Bad Bunny that was set up for his performance. If only he did it earlier than night. But Bad Bunny came out, took off his vest, tried to get into the ring. Also, pop to uh, Booker T is looking like G.I. Bro in the music video for the song Booker T, which was performed. So he was out there as well, dressed like G.I. Bro. So I thought that was cool. But and, but Bad Bunny yeah, no, came and out so there, bad, tried bad to get Bunny. into the match. The referee stopped him. Priest, Damian Priest, we put him over before. He dumped John Morrison and The Miz out at the same exact time. And then Bad Bunny climbs up to the top of the rope and hits that diving crossbody onto them, which I thought was and, really cool. And who told him to get up there? Who encouraged him to get up there for that spot? Damian Priest was calling him up and telling him to go ahead and do it. And I Once thought it was again, cool. Damian Priest going over. We saw Daniel Bryan. Unfortunately, he did not win, but he came out and we saw a Team Hell No reunion. Didn't last too long, though. Not at all, no. <laughs> but we also got to see Daniel Bryan with Matt Riddle, which was really cool. We saw King Corbin out there. Um, Otis was out there and unfortunately was eliminated before the next spot, which happened to be Dominic. And Dominic eliminated King Corbin. We we were kind of pulling here maybe for Kane Velasquez. Got a different Kane in this Rumble, though. Yeah, we yeah. still have. We don't know. I mean, things can change obviously from Monday to Friday. We don't know if there's going to be another big name that Rey Mysterio has to take out King Corbin. Um, but another big surprise of this Royal Rumble was Hurricane here, and when he came out, yeah. I was like, he's. I feel like he's going to try to choke slam Lashley and Big E, which he went and did, which was a throwback to. 2018, I think it was, where he went to choke slam John Cena, but failed miserably. And then, it, which was that was a throwback to I think it was 2002, where he tried to choke slam the two man power trip, Triple H and Stone Cold, and got tossed out yeah, in the very, Rumble. Very comedic spot, and I, I I was a fan of the the battle between Big E and Lashley during that entire match. Yeah, that was fun. 
like, and that's really, I wasn't expecting me to be so over, uh, such a fan of, like, a spot with Bobby Lashley, but him squaring off with Big E, them doing the shoulder tackles to each other, and not, like, it was a really cool spotlight of the match. I think the biggest surprise of this Royal Rumble uh, was number 24, Christian. Christian had been retired for seven years. I believe it was because of concussions. It and, was not sure. Concussions. And Christian gets I'm out sorry? there and go, almost goes the distance almost. I, yeah, I thought that was fantastic. And we got to see a lot of tag team action between him and Edge. The wheelbarrow splash I mean, was pretty good. Uh, yes, and I like to see uh, Matt Riddle try to team up with them, maybe maybe try to get a five-second pose out of them, but uh, they, they were not having it, and they, they I think maybe they eliminated him too. I, I don't remember if they did or if Braun did, but, but we I, saw thought that Riddle had a gr- I thought Riddle had a great Royal Rumble. Seth Rollins, who also returned at the Royal Rumble, eliminated Matt Riddle. It was, remember, it was oh, the curb yeah. stomp on the, uh, oh, uh, yeah. on the apron. Yep, yep, good call, good call. Amos pulled Biggie out of the Royal Rumble. He also helped to eliminate Rey Mysterio in this for AJ Styles. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Seth Rollins returned as well. And the match came down. Braun Strowman tossed AJ Styles over the top rope. We saw Omos or Amos save him. And then we saw Seth Rollins get rid of Daniel Bryan. And Rollins, it came down what we thought came down to even though if you were paying attention, you knew it didn't come down to this. But the final four, as the yeah. commentary team thought, Seth Rollins, Braun Strowman, Edge, and Christian. And, and Seth Rollins just trying to team up with Braun Strowman. We're the future. We need to take Edge and Christian out of this match. Braun Strowman was not having it, though. He hits him with that huge power bomb, and then it comes down. Eventually, he gets eliminated Christian gets eliminated. It comes down to Edge and Seth Rollins. Randy Orton comes back out. Got injured earlier in the match. Kind of like, uh, not injury-wise, but it felt somewhat like Stone Cold and Vince McMahon from the 99 Rumble. Mm-hmm. Orton I, comes back I thought at, that that, it, He dumps Seth Rollins out. Dumps Edge out. Thank God Edge hangs on and, and finally uh, eliminates Randy Orton, but... I thought that, that that ending, I mean, of course, we knew Randy Orton was still in that Royal Rumble, but I love that they didn't remind you, the commentators didn't remind you that Orton was still in it. And for anybody that didn't pay attention, they forgot about Orton. And that ending, I thought it was great because that moment where Randy Orton, you're like, okay, um, Edge just got the elimination, Orton's going to appear, and then he appears in RKO, and you're like, ah, oh, damn, okay. And then he picks him up and goes to throw him out. And then he reverses and tosses him out. It was awesome. I I was a fan of that ending. Now the big question is, Edge wins the Royal Rumble, goes on to main event WrestleMania. Does he choose the WWE Championship? Does he choose the Universal Championship? NXT Championship? I think that it would be cool to see him... Probably him and McIntyre. No. Yeah, the, the, I was I I was talking to somebody about this, and they this is the way you're gonna get Drew McIntyre over going hopefully back into an era with fans again. 
you know, Drew McIntyre has been the, the baby face of the COVID era. And now to have him in the same calendar year beat two legends in Goldberg and Edge at two of the biggest shows of the year will just kind of put the McIntyre's stock up there in the WWE. I think there yeah. are also people pulling for maybe Edge versus Roman Reigns due to the spear versus spear concept. Yeah, no, I, no. Goldberg's gonna come back with his uh, his shorts and uh, challenge. <laughs> I, I, I lost him. I never got that match against Roman. The thing is, I don't, I, I can't see Mac, I can't see Edge going over Roman Reigns as a. I don't know. I think that is more. It, I think that it's better, like Chris said, for McIntyre to go over Edge. And the thing that I, um, yeah, no, I lost where I was going with that. <laughs> well. I don't know if they're going to do it, whether or not they will or not. I think it's cool because there's potential where Edge can main event WrestleMania, be the last match of WrestleMania, and there's also a potential where Bianca Belair is the, the last actual match of WrestleMania because it's two nights. They have two main events. I personally hope that the Bianca Belair and uh, Banks is the main event. Yeah. Well, we, I mean, we don't know if it's Sasha Banks yet, but it would be really cool to see, and it's very interesting to see who she chooses to face at WrestleMania, and hopefully they all keep their status. I know there's been goofiness yeah. in the past where somebody loses their Mania spot, so... I I always hate the aspect of losing the Mania spot. That never rubs me the right way. It's like, you... you I, I think that once you were in the Royal Rumble, that's it. You bought your ticket. You you that's That's solidified. I hate when they do lose that spot. That's just a personal pet peeve. Yeah. But overall, great Royal Rumble. Yeah. Fantastic Royal Rumble. That was the Royal Rumble moving over to Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. Kicks off with three McIntyre coming out to put over the pay-per-view. I swear to God, I thought it was going to be Edge first but i yeah i kind of expected edge to i like this promo though before edge actually came out like he put over the full pay-per-view he put over bianca belair winning the the women's raw rumble which i which is huge that's a huge thing to put over or have the wwe champion stand behind you as the future i think that's awesome but edge came out i i I totally agree with you to the fact where I think that it was important to also put the spotlight on everyone, especially Belair. Yeah, but Edge came out, which McIntyre then puts Edge over. And Edge questions, what what the hell's wrong with you? You shouldn't be putting me over. I won the Royal Rumble. I can challenge you. You should be Claymore kicking my head off. But then Sheamus came out and stood up for Drew McIntyre. And Edge said that whoever he chooses, whether it be Raw, SmackDown, there was no mention of NXT here, but we'll get to that. He'll be walking out of WrestleMania as champion, and then Sheamus from behind hits Drew McIntyre with a brogue kick. The ultimate, ultimate opportunist. I was a big fan of this entire segment. He said that they're no longer friends and that he wants the WWE Championship. And then for some reason he had Drew Gulak get his bags. 
But later on, Drew McIntyre cut a promo where he was kind of like on the verge of tears and granted Sheamus the match. So I guess I'm assuming at Elimination Chamber, we're going to see Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus. Unless this is just another, because last year's Elimination Chamber, they kind of like hyped up too many chamber matches and then one of the matches ended up not happening. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I'm... I, I'm excited for Sheamus and Drew, especially if it's not going to happen at WrestleMania. I think it is a good setup to WrestleMania. But does does somebody else get involved there? I don't think anybody else is going to get involved. I don't think anybody else has to get involved. I yeah. think that Sheamus and um, Drew McIntyre have enough history where you don't need anybody else involved in it. After that, we saw Riddle defeat Bobby Lashley via disqualification, so Lashley retains the U.S. Championship. Um, Lashley had Matt Riddle locked in the hurt lock, but Riddle was on the ring apron, and it was over the ropes. He wasn't listening to the referee's count, gets disqualified. He locks the the hurt lock in again, and after the commercial break, they kind of played it off as if Matt Riddle was like concussed or didn't remember who he was wrestling. Even it, it, that was kind of weird to me. I don't know what they were. Is that like, I mean, if you, is that like, is amnesia like a symptom of a concussion? It is right. I mean, yeah, it, it is, but I mean, I should say, but you're not going to really be concussed from, uh, Hurt lock, unless it's like maybe like what's, some whiplash in there. What is the yeah? So explain to me in your doctoral terms. <laughs> Try to make that move make sense. Uh, well, the only thing I could think of with the, I don't know, with concussion is the. We're not even let, let not let's take concussion out. Why would he be confused after the hurt lock? Maybe with compression on the cervical region leading to a lack of oxygen to the brain but that's a stretch um <laughs> yeah well that's after a that, big stretch after that we saw randy orton cut a promo on edge and he said that edge won't be making it to wrestlemania because they had a match later on which was just like the absolute worst news to find out um I I didn't think that it was the worst news to find out. I think oh that yes, it's, the worst news to find out was Peter Rosenberg winning the championship, but luckily no longer. So. <laughs> I I thought that the Edge stuff and Orton was okay because it gives closure. It gives us that that I feel like un- we already had closure. <laughs> I don't feel like we had total closure because of Edge being injured and everything like that. And then we also had their amazing start to the Royal Rumble going at each other. I thought that it was fitting. But I feel like how many times did we need to see... Like, Edge returns at the Royal Rumble last year. And we get to see him versus Randy Orton at WrestleMania. Last man standing match. Yeah. We get to see Randy Orton versus Edge. The greatest wrestling match ever at Backlash. Mm -hmm. Did we actually need to see... Another match just because Randy Orton edge one and then Randy Orton won. Yeah, I think you needed that that tiebreaker match. I think that especially after what they displayed during the Royal Rumble, I thought that it was important. 
Plus, it puts Edge in action, and right now, there was nobody else that you were going to have him in a match against. I think that Orton was the only person that um, would be a viable opponent for that Monday Night Raw to follow up with the Raw Rumble. I guess it felt like they wrestled so many more times than that. Yeah, I, I totally understand that aspect. Uh, next up, you had Xavier Woods pick up the victory over Mustafa Ali. Kofi um, Kingston was back managing Xavier Woods. Yeah, good to see uh, Kofi back. And, I mean, during the match, Kofi got involved too. Well, not because of just no reason. T-Bar yeah. prevented Xavier Woods. He pulled uh, Mustafa Ali out of the pin when Xavier Woods went to pin him. And then Kofi Kingston took out Slapjack by stepping off of T-Bar, which I thought was cool. Yeah, but it was just... It was nice to see Kofi and I, mean, I mean, saying that he has a, a broken jaw and then being in action, I thought that that was maybe he's I think, good I to mean, go. How long does it take to heal up a broken jaw? I'm not too sure. Because if he was not clear to be ringside, then he like he if he wasn't good to go, then he wouldn't be ringside doing moves. I would assume. Exactly. Exactly. But I uh, I also. It's a small little detail. I popped for the way Xavier Woods pinned Ali. It was like a modified crucifix pin. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it was and a nice then, uh, conclusion. And then after Raw on Raw Talk, Xavier Woods challenged Reckoning to an intergender match. And I don't know if they're actually going to do that, but I'm here for that. I'm here to see me Yim versus Xavier Woods. Honestly, after seeing... Um, Banks Reginald. versus Reginald. Yeah, I could see this. I think that that match with Sasha Banks. I think that kind of opened up some eyes, and I could see it taking place. We had Miz TV with Bad Bunny making his big return after the Raw Rumble. I'm just gonna um, just. I'm just gonna quickly uh, just backtrack. I think that if they do intergender matches, as they look like maybe they'll do, I think the only people that they're gonna have involved in that are really experienced uh, women and male wrestlers. Um, what do you mean? That wasn't the case at all. Reginald is brand new. Reginald came from Cirque yes, du Soleil. But Sasha, well, the thing with that, Sasha Banks is, has been doing it for so long, and Reginald, for what he was doing, yeah. and his background in Circus Soleil, Cirque I feel like, du Soleil. Yeah, I feel like he's he's very trained with that so he would be able to uh work really well in that sort of a setting but they won't do something with like let's say dana brooke or mandy rose you know so miss tv with bad bunny who by the way was the number one played artist on spotify of 2020 that's another reason why it doesn't hurt for him to be there um Ugh. Miz wanted to clear the air with him and he apologized. And then he's like, so uh, do you want to uh, apologize to yeah. us? I, I totally, I totally <laughs> understand the usage of bad bunny too. I know he's popular. I see him on that commercial with Snoop Dogg. And it's so stupid. Everyone's like, who's bad bunny. I just, mean, don't Google, me, I, just Google him. I really do not know much of his music. I really don't know much of him. And I'm fine. If he's a, he's a pro wrestling fan and he's getting to live out a dream of his while making WWE some money somehow. 
Well, that so I don't care about that aspect of living out the dream. I just think it's but, cool. I'm not saying it's like, oh, that's like you need to respect him because he's doing that. But no, no, I, just I think it's cool. WWE wise, I it does make sense because, like you said, he is the top artist on Spotify. He he is, I guess, an up and com- I don't. I guess he's not up and coming. He's here. He's, he's huge. Yeah, not to yeah, not, not that I like Cardi B uh, at all, but. He's on that song where they sample the song I Like It Like That. Mm-hmm. So that's like heard on like every commercial ever, yeah, I think. Exactly. So it so it does make sense to use his name to help uh push the product. Yeah, and he's always putting over guys like Stone Cold, Eddie Guerrero, now Booker T. Mm-hmm. So it's cool to see. I've given him a shout out, I think, before as part of a mark out moment, definitely when he was on the Tonight Show wearing the uh, old school Stone Cold hat. Yeah. Um, but Bad Bunny basically said that being a WWE superstar is a dream of his and, um, Miz trying to pull strings. He's like, we can make that happen if you help us record an album. And Bad Bunny's like, you know, I have a good friend that wanted to be on Miz TV and he brings out Damien Priest who we saw together earlier and I wish we didn't see them together earlier. So it wouldn't have been like. I wanted, like, a priest being there to be more of a surprise, I guess. Yeah, I could see that. But Damien Priest came out, took Miz out right away, and it gets turned into a match where Damien Priest picks up the victory over the Miz. Uh, So he's now officially part of the Monday Night Raw roster. I'm very excited about this, and it was a great, it was a really good match between him and the Miz, and priest going over on the miz the miz definitely a hall of famer yeah john Um, morrison distracted damian priest and the miz tried to take advantage of that but bad bunny getting involved took away the uh the money in the bank the money in the bank briefcase and he gave it back to john morrison and then punched him in the face and uh damian priest hit the reckoning to win which do we need a new name for that move now uh nah you have Reckoning and The Reckoning, same brand. Yeah, just don't team them up. <laughs> After that, we saw the Hurt Business defending the Raw Tag Team Championships against Lucha House Party. Damn shame that Lucha House Party didn't win because I think they totally deserve to be champions. I think this was a, a I wouldn't, I don't want to say fantastic match, but I thought this match was really good. I think so too. I mean, I'm happy that Hurt Business did pick up the victory because I want to see this um, internal battle play out a little bit longer. Yeah, and, and Shelton Benjamin they... tagged himself in to hit that pay dirt and get the victory there. Yeah. So it plus is I'm... continuing. Plus, I I don't want to see Shelton Benjamin lose any championship. That's ever. yes. That see that <laughs> there's like the what is it? Not Devil's Advocate or whatever. Is that what it's called? Where it's like you yeah, want to you want to see you want to see Lucha House Party be champions, but you also don't want to see Cedric Alexander and she- especially Shelton Benjamin lose the title right now. But exactly, uh, I don't I don't want to see Shelton lose a championship. It's been too we, damn long. <laughs> yeah, we've waited for Shelton. We've waited for Shelton to return to WWE for so long, and now he's a champion. And you know, I'm not. I don't want to see that title off of off his off of his waist and. You know, we are Shelton Benjamin Marks, and he's incredible. So, yeah, no, keep the title on him longer. But I'm I'm very much so enjoying 
how much Lucha House Party is getting airtime. They have airtime on Monday Night Raw. They have airtime on NXT now. So I'm very uh, appreciative of that. Yeah, they're they're booked. Naomi... Uh, next up, that next up, you had a number one contenders matchup for the women's tag team championships. Naomi and Lana picked up the victory over Flair and Asuka and the team of Mandy and Dana Brooke. I forget what their tag team name is. Um, I don't know. But before the match, uh, Charlotte and Asuka were interviewed about the the Royal Rumble and them losing the, the titles by way of Lacey Evans and Ric Flair. And it seemed like Asuka kind of blamed Charlotte. Which, I mean, Charlotte was distracted. And in this match, Ric Flair came out. And Charlotte just, like, went dead. She tagged out Asuka and literally just walked off like Charlie Brown. I, how can Asuka not be mad at her? I thought a majority of this was, like, slow and awkward. I wasn't a big fan of this um, match. Yeah. And I think... Didn't really do... The only team I thought was going to win was Naomi and Lana, and the only team that I think should have won was Mandy, Rose, and Dana Brooke. Yeah, I think that Mandy and Dana Brooke made more sense figure, considering that they did have a feud with... Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler as well already. Considering Naomi and Lana have tagged maybe one other time on television. Yeah. They were, I think on Monday Night Raw, that Tom might have said this was their first time teaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, they teamed at WrestleMania 32. Team Bad and Blonde. It was Tamina, Naomi, uh... Lana, Emma, and Summer Rae versus Team Total Divas. Huh. Good job. Way to way to go. So I thought that uh, was interesting. Uh, next up, you had the return to Monday Night Raw for Carlito. Uh, Carlito and uh, Jeff Hardy picked up the victory over Elias and Riker. They just like, first of all, I forget what segment it was earlier on, but... It was like, maybe it was during a match. Maybe it was like Woods versus Ali. Mm -hmm. Just like, or maybe it was Riddle and Lashley. They just like slipped the graphic at the lower corner of the screen. And it's like, whoa, wait a minute. Why wasn't this advertised? (laughs) So it was really cool that when that, when that little thing came up on the corner being like Carlito was, was wrestling. I was like, wow, that's awesome. This is like the MVP path. Yeah. Because I think he worked the night after the Rumble as well. Uh, Yeah, he did. And then from there, I said it before, I think he he, he he's one of those MVP. He really is one of those MVPs during, that enti- during this entire uh, COVID era yeah. of WWE. But they played a nice video package to reintroduce Carlito in case you're not familiar with him. So I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the only thing that I would have wanted different from this match was Carlito getting the pin. But if they're going to continue the feud with Elias and Jeff Hardy, then I guess that makes sense that Jeff yeah. got the pin. 
yeah, it makes it makes more sense. Plus, uh, I think that package with the Carlito was was perfect to introduce to all of those fans that may not remember him. And it's funny, a lot of people are like, why didn't he do the Apple, even in the Royal Rumble? Why didn't he do the Apple spot? It's like, brother, ding dong, hello. <laughs> it's 2020, 2021, COVID, can't do it. <laughs> COVID, yeah. <laughs> but uh, after that, they aired a video package that highlighted Edge, and then it focused on Edge versus Randy Orton. And Edge cut a promo on Randy Orton and said that Monday Night Raw is about closure and it ends on Raw. And later on, walking to the ring, he puts over Damian Priest, which I thought was cool. Simple little backstage segment, just puts him over. Yeah, nothing too crazy. Match after that, though, we saw Alexa Bliss defeat Nikki Cross. She started out as the Firefly Funhouse version of Alexa Bliss, and she changed into the goddess during this, trying to challenge Nikki Cross. Nikki Cross was not having any of it. I I love this transformation to the goddess, where she... It's really cool, this concept, and her acting skills right now, because like when she went to the goddess, it was as if she was friends with Nikki Cross again. You know, It's like yeah. nothing changed, and she was just like, Hey, come on, let's 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 go for it. Like, let's have fun. But she she was turned back into the Firefly Funhouse version and she ended the match with her own version of the sister Abigail. Looked sick. The camera kind of missed it, but I liked what I saw. Yeah, I I feel like I've seen someone else do a move like that. Like an but... indie person? No, no, no. I I maybe on I don't know where. But I remember somebody else hooking it overhead instead of doing the underhand under the chin. Also, but... another like another move that the camera didn't miss in this match that I really popped big time for was the hopscotch kick that she did. I want that in video games. I want the the Sister Abigail version in video games too. But I mean, we got a whole two K has hopefully been working on the game for two years now almost so hopefully moves like that can somehow make it in the game normally the cutoff is like wrestlemania time mm-hmm. i don't know how that's gonna work i don't even know like there we don't even officially know if there's a video game yet i gotta say i think like since you brought up the video game something with the video games that always looked really cool right now was the entrances where the end during the entrance of a video game the spotlight is on the character, and then the background kind of fades. Oh, so a now, bit. now you finally realize the 8K camera. No, yeah, I guess so. I, I guess I've been noticing it more and more recently now, and it's fantastic. It's weird because there's a group of people, I think a small group of people on the internet, complaining about the 8K camera. Uh-huh. And at first, I, I thought, like, when I finally like realized it, I thought it was weird, but I'm all for it, whatever. Like, technology is going to ad- ad- advance every time. I, it's like, it'd, yeah. it'd be like arguing, like, uh, can we not get this in HD? Yeah, I think that it's it's really a cool aspect and a cool additive. I think that the, the shot of it is really amazing, too. It makes it look like... Makes it look like it's right out of a video game, and that's like, what it's... when NFL debuted that camera, a lot of people were saying it was their, their like their end zone camera. 
a lot of people mm. were saying this looks like a video game. Yeah. Should really now cool. should real life look like a video game? I don't know. Maybe I was not, I, but... after I said it, I was like thinking the same thing, but <laughs> but yeah. after that, after Alexa Bliss won with that sister Abigail, she leaves the ring and Randy Orton comes out for his match with Edge and would not look at Alexa Bliss. I don't know if if he was scared or via commentary he was focused on his match with Edge. Yeah, but nothing. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it was a nice little additive, and we don't know how that's going to play out. Then the match happened. Edge picked up the victory over Randy Orton, but not without some hijinks as Randy Orton went for an RKO, and Rockabye Baby started to play. And Alexa Bliss appeared on the treetop, <laughs> the turnbuckle, and had some black gimmick coming out of her mouth. It was blood, and, dude. It was blood. Well, I, I mean, you could try to sell me it as blood, but it looked like just, it looked black. It didn't look red mm-hmm. in the purple lighting. Yeah. And then, I guess Randy Orton was distracted with that. Edge hit a spear, picked up the victory. I was... Thinking the fiend was going to show up, like that was the only reason why I was okay with Orton and Edge on Raw. Okay, um, but the fiend didn't show up. I was also okay with Edge versus Orton because it was cool. In 2011, on the same date, Edge I know wrestled because we were there when we sat next to Sue from AEW, <laughs> uh-huh. Trent's mom, and I thought it was cool because like. We got, I think it, it really, he wrestled the dark match after that SmackDown too. So it was only, technically he wrestled three times on that date. And we were there for two of the matches. You, I bet you don't even remember the match, right? I don't remember the match at all. I don't remember the dark match, but the main event, I think it was the main event, was uh, Edge. It was for the World Heavyweight Championship. Vicky Guerrero was in power and... Edge was not allowed to use the spear. So it was the champion Edge teaming with Kelly Kelly to take on Dolph Ziggler and Lay Cool. And if Edge used the spear, I believe, then Ziggler would become champion. If Lay Cool won, then uh, Dolph Ziggler would become champion. And if I remember correctly, Kelly Kelly hit a spear and won the match. So she technically retained the World Heavyweight Championship for Edge in a match. And I thought that was cool. And that happened on the same date, so. Crazy. Yeah. Um, But yeah, The Fiend didn't show up and uh, Edge defeated Orton again. Yeah, clean victory. And uh, yeah, that was Monday Night Raw. Very good Monday Night Raw to follow up on up to Royal Rumble. Yeah, uh, before we move over to NXT 205 Live from last week, we had another Dusty Classic match. Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart picked up the victory over Marina Shafir and Zoe Stark. I think we could have all seen that one happening. Yeah. But uh, nonetheless, I enjoyed the match. It was cool to see Zoe Stark. I'm pumped to see more of her. Um, But... Moving over to NXT, they announced NXT TakeOver will be called Vengeance Day, which I guess means absolutely nothing to them that I've waited 22 years for a St. Valentine's Day Massacre (laughs) follow-up. But the first match of 
NXT this week saw Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez defeat Casey Express to advance in the Dusty Classic. Catanzaro did a uh, a dive off that War Games beam, which I still have no idea why it's it, there. <laughs> yeah, no clue why, but people keep on diving off of it. Yeah, and I really hope Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez win the Dusty Classic and take the tag team championships from Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. I know that's not even on the cards on the table right now. Mm-hmm. In the cards on the table. But I hope that happens. I honestly, I wanted to see uh, um, the other team win, Catanzaro and yeah, uh, Caden Carter. Yeah, Carter. I wanted to see them pick up the victory. I, I mean, at least Gonzalez and Kai are an actual tag team. So, which is actually nice because I think for well, the most so is, part, so is Caden Carter and. Casey Catanzaro. Yeah, 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 that's what I'm saying. Like, usually I like to, that team, like an actual team winning this thing. Right. I mean, come on, they got matching gear. Yeah. You know. Matchup yeah. next, we saw Austin Theory defeat Leon Ruff. Uh, Johnny Gargano got involved, and Leon Ruff attacked him. But then Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae tried to carry him out, and Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart fought them off for some reason. I thought that was weird. Why? I thought that I, that fit in. I'm not saying it didn't fit in. I just thought it was weird that they showed up randomly like that. They were like, because Johnny wasn't really involved in the match, nor was Candice and Shotzi. They weren't doing anything. Uh, not Shotzi. Candice and, and Indy. Yeah, but so it, they weren't it doing anything them... to warrant the attack, in my opinion. Yeah, but it also gets the attention, keeps the attention on that Dusty Classic, too. But, yeah, well. But I mean, uh, without Leon Ruff, them being in actual action, Re- Leon Ruff tried to pull, or not tried to, he, he did pull oh, an he... Eddie Guerrero by pretending that Johnny Gargano punched him, and Gargano was tossed from ringside, but it wasn't enough for him to win. And then Austin Theory afterwards picked up Leon Ruff and hit him with those the two, or was it one or two? No, All one right. to finish, and then the one afterwards, the ATL. Yeah, I think just one after it. Yeah, and then he went to grab the ring bell. That Austin, I was actually surprised Austin Theory picked up the victory. After all of that, I would have expected Leon Ruff to pick up the victory. Well, the payoff comes afterwards where he grabbed the ring bell and Dexter Loomis pulled his hair out. I thought that this was a nice spot because you saw him get the ring bell, and then as he starts to turn, you don't see... But you see something, someone is grabbing the ring bell, and then the camera kind of just shows, and it's Dexter Loomis holding the ring bell, looking at him. I thought that that was, like, just really awesome, and then, yeah, he ripped his hair out. Yeah, perhaps a hair versus hair match coming up. And then he smelt it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but, I mean, hey, he can smell hair, still a big fan. (laughs) That's a weird, weird thing, though. It, it's yeah, weird to it, smell somebody else's hair. It's very much if so he has weird. Like, next week, he has like a doll made of his hair. That's, uh, well, I don't know him to do voodoo, so. I don't know, but I also wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> we saw a Tien Shah vignette, which might be one of my favorite things that WWE has ever produced. I, this was like movie quality. It, I was so ready for 
a full length feature film about this the was like background the intro of to, this character. This was like the intro to Beauty and the Beast. Um, like storybook quality, you know? And I, I liked that the cartoon faded into real life. Yeah, I was a huge fan of it. Like, I like that story. Like, I like where they have the narrative over storybook uh, cartoons. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, and then, like you said, that fade into the reality. I, I thought that that was just really awesome. It's cool. Like, we have a name, and we also have a background on who yeah. this character she's, is. She's thousands of years old. Yeah, I mean, we still don't know 100% who's portraying her. And also, with that being said, even if, let's say, the rumors are true, it's Karen Q. She is that person. Now, what happens? Is she supposed to compete? I don't know. I mean, Karen Q is a wrestler. Yeah. That would be... I mean, how do you have a potentially immortal character compete as a wrestler? I don't know if it... That's why I'm kind of hesitant to say that as Karen Q. Because Karen Q wrestles. I feel like this has to be someone that is more of a a retired wrestler. Someone that, that's more there. Like a presence. Yeah. Well, know. we will well, find out hopefully soon. After that, we saw Legato Del Fantasma pick up the victory over Lucha House Party to advance in the Dusty Classic. I think for the first time ever on television, Lucha House Party had matching masks. No way. I think so. I don't remember if they've ever had matching masks on TV. I think there was a picture of like a live event uh-huh. backstage sort of thing, but I, I don't know That's if it weird. was ever on television. It's still weird to me that they're coming out to Kalisto. Like, when I hear Lucha, 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 all I think is Kalisto. Yeah, but he has his own theme song, doesn't he? I don't think so. I don't know. I, I think he uses now. the same thing. But every, but re, no matter what, regardless, RawWrestlingTees.com slash out. It's um, 20% off at Manscaped.com now. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah, every time I hear that, I think of Lucha because of his independence and then even his yeah. startup. So it's just weird. But. Yeah, but uh, I like this match, the Hurricane Rana that Grand Metallic did to Raul Mendoza onto Joaquin Wild. I thought was insane. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really cool. But then MSK came out afterwards, cut a promo on Legato Del Fantasma, and I'm really happy that we got to see a live promo from them. Yeah, I think that I think that the live promo was important, especially because we only had their debut what last week. So I think that it was very important not, that not they had something week, like this. But the week before? Maybe three weeks ago? Yeah. So um, After that, we saw Pete Dunn, Danny Burch, and Oni Lorkin come out. Pete Dunn spoke about wanting a match with Finn Balor. Balor came out. Take over Vengeance Day. Edge came out. And spoke about how the passion of the NXT superstars helped him get his passion back. And it helped him win the Royal Rumble. And then he said that he'll be watching this match at NXT TakeOver. Because he's never held the NXT Championship. I I was a mark. During this entire thing, I was a mark. It's so cool to see Edge standing there with with Dunn and 
Balor and oh man. I, I, I really in wanted. 2019 when there were like little tiny rumors of maybe an Edge return saying that if Edge is returning, I want him to win the Royal Rumble. I want him to challenge the NXT champion who was Adam Cole at the time. And uh, main event WrestleMania solidifies the NXT championship. But I that, really uh, wanted that didn't happen last year. Well, and I don't I mean... see it happening this year, but. I know, but you never know. I don't know. Here's hoping. But uh, after that, we saw Johnny Gargano find out that he's defending the North American Championship against Kushida at Vengeance Day. And he snapped. He goes to William Regal's office, but Kushida was in there. And Johnny attacked him. They end up in a brawl. And Kushida kicked his arm out. And uh, that was broken up. So I wonder... If Johnny's going to like maybe pull something like, I can't compete because I'm injured. Hmm. Maybe. Possible. We saw Tony Storm versus Jesse Kamea end in a no contest. Kamea, by the way, is now officially part of the Robert Stone brand. Which and... is r- really cool. I mean, we hyped her up the week before, but I'm really happy to see her in competition. I mean, I've been hyping her up for quite a bit now. That's true. But I wanted to see her win a match, and then Tony Storm's music hit, and I was like, oh, she's not going to win this. But Mercedes Martinez got involved, and I liked Jesse Kamea going after Martinez. Exactly. I I thought that for sure Martinez was about to tear her apart. Yeah, and she she went after Martinez and Tony Storm. But Io Shirai came out, hit a uh, a moonsault onto both Tony and Mercedes Martinez. So that continues the hype up for their triple threat match. So something that I noticed that Kamea also did during this entire thing where even when Io got involved, she was on the apron trying to fight her way to get into the ring where Robert Stone... Had and Aaliyah had to like pull her off and calm her down from getting back in the ring. I like seeing that that um that great that she wanted to get back into that ring. Yeah, and I wonder how I don't know if many people watching would have noticed that, but I thought that that added characteristic of it all was really great. Uh, next week, Cameron Grimes will return to NXT television. We don't know what he's going to be doing yet, but. Um, we shall see. After that, for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship, Santos Escobar picked up the victory to retain the title against Kurt Stallion. But Scarlett Bordeaux watched this match. Um, Santos Escobar kind of, he called out Karrion Cross. We said this a few weeks ago. We said this last week, I believe. And I like. Yeah. I thought this match was good. I I totally agree with you. I think that this match was really good, and a lot of fun too. Karrion Cross took out Raúl Mendoza and Joaquin Wilde afterwards, and then got in the ring and kind of just issued a warning to Santos Escobar. So it seems like we will eventually maybe see a match with them. But the last time they were in the ring together, they uh, they were tagging in Mexico. Really? 
<laughs> yeah. I I actually really loved this. I thought that this entire um this stare down it was just really cool. It was something that I was not expecting. Um and yeah. Then after that they caught up with Edge before he left the building and Karrion Cross confronted him. And he said that it's not going to be Finn Balor or Pete Dunne as champion. It's going to be him. So he better prepare to face him at WrestleMania if he chooses the NXT Championship. And I thought um, it was really cool to see Edge. We saw it on Raw. We saw it on NXT. Working yeah. with all these young guys. Or newer yeah, talents. So, I mean, some would say these young bucks, you know. We saw the main event of the evening was Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa defeating Undisputed Era, Roderick Strong, and Adam Cole to advance in the Dusty Classic. Absolutely awesome match. I just wish it took place at a takeover. So there was, like, more of it. I I totally agree with that. I think that this, this match was fantastic. And there was a part where it looked like Undisputed Era was going to maybe win, but I figured from the start that Champa and Thatcher would win this because I, they are my pick to win the whole tournament. Yeah, we usually, I mean, once again, so the thing with that that I don't like is the they're not a tag team together. And once it hits the classic time, now they're a tag team and they go all the way to win it. Yeah, but that to me just like, they both have common enemies here and they're somehow going to tie it into wanting the titles from Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch. Yeah. That's I'm what the winners get. They get a shot at them. So I, I'm not, I'm still not a fan. Afterwards, the grizzled young veterans confronted Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa, which kind of turned into a brawl. And uh, I really don't see grizzled young veterans winning that match. Um, yeah, same. It's Thatcher and Champa all the way. I agree with you. I think it's going to be Thatcher and Champa, but I think it's going to be awesome to watch this all break down. Yeah. NXT UK real quickly. Nina Samuels picks up the victory over Zaya Brookside. I swear to God, I cannot in my memory remember a time where somebody tried to use a suitcase as a weapon. Can you think of any time in the point of history? It might have happened. IRS? I just don't know. But that's a briefcase of anything. I'm talking about somebody's actual luggage. <laughs> I The only thing I think of is like a backstage brawl. I've ne- I don't remember ever seeing that. But yeah, that's yeah, probably a backstage brawl. It could have taken place, but... Yeah, that's the only uh, popped, thing that I could think of. I popped for for her trying to use that, but uh, she ended up using her, I guess women call it a clutch. I think it was a clutch, a purse, <laughs> a to clutch. hit Zaya with and then win. But the next match after that, we saw Josh, uh, not Josh, Joseph Connors pick up <laughs> the victory over Josh Morell, which I really hope people watch this match because I think Morell is really good. I've said this for a few weeks now. I, I also like Joseph Connors, but Josh Morrell came out of nowhere to me. So 
do yourselves a yeah. favor, check out this match. I also like Joseph Connors still being paired with Ginny. Yeah. Ilya Dragunov picked up the victory over Tyson T-Bone, where Sam Gradwell was ringside kind of egging on Ilya to maybe snap. And Ilya ended it with those vicious elbows again. He snapped, just like Ken Shamrock. And he went after Sam Gradwell afterwards, but uh, he was held back from doing anything. So I like this character development by Ilya. After that, we saw Joe Coffey defeat Danny Jones. Uh, and then the main event, we saw Jordan Devlin pick up a victory over Dave Mastiff. This was originally supposed to be a Cruiserweight Championship Open Challenge, but Mastiff came out, which is funny because he's definitely not even close to 205. Nah. But the match was a non-title match, and I thought it was really good, and it shows Jordan Devlin can hang with the bigger guys. Which is very important. Absolutely. And uh, just a thing to note from NXT UK is that Mako Satamora debuts next week. So be on the lookout for that. Before we move to SmackDown, uh, it was announced that Lars Sullivan and Steve Cutler were both released from WWE. Although WWE didn't officially confirm Lars Sullivan's release. Really? Yeah, he, there's no website page or anything for it, but I think it's a, a shame that Steve Cutler got released. Apparently, over the rumor is is that Vince McMahon was super pissed that he got COVID. No, because he was ready for that push, and then Cutler went to that New Year's Eve party or whatever. With uh, I mean, Diana Prazo also confirmed that she had COVID. Oh well, that's just stupid. And, uh, well, I back they, the news sites say because Vince McMahon promised guys like Roman Reigns that they would have a safe working environment. Yeah. Stupid. So, also, unfortunately, this past week, Butch Reed passed away at the age of 66. I don't know how he's not already in the WWE Hall of Fame, but I think he should 100% be there. And so 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 young too, you know. Yeah, and if you don't know his work, please use the WWE Network. They have a whole section devoted to him now. Whether you know him from Doom, as the Natural, as Hacksaw, uh, just. Go back and watch this on the WWE Network. Go back back and watch his matches. They aired a bumper for him before SmackDown. And really, our condolences go out to his family and his friends. Um, SmackDown kicked off, though, with Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman with Jey Uso, who we have not seen in a bit. But Roman Reigns focused all his attention on Edge. And he said going to Raw and NXT was a waste because he's the main event of WrestleMania. And then he called Edge out and told him, and then somebody said that Edge wasn't there yet. So he gave Edge the ultimatum and said that Edge will answer him by the end of the night. Which I thought was a really good promo. I agree with you. I think that it was it was a nice setup for Monday night. Uh, Monday night raw. Uh, for SmackDown. Yeah, 
King Corbin attacked Dominic and Rey Mysterio during Dominic's entrance, and then Dominic went on to defeat King Corbin. Rey Mysterio hid under the ring and uh, held King Corbin's legs while Dominic went for a 619, and then he eventually hit that frog splash to pick up that victory. I assume we're going to get retaliation from King Corbin next week or something. We need Kane yeah. Velasquez. I know. It, I agree so with there you. Has I to think be that... payoff. There has to be payoff from that comment. I'm not going to forget it. <laughs> I know. I agree with you. I think that there has to be payoff, and I think that there has to be something like that. I agree. Totally. We saw Cesaro pick up the victory over Daniel Bryan which I was not expecting Daniel Bryan to lose in the sharpshooter. I was expecting him to lose the match. I just wasn't expecting it. it, it, Like it to me, it felt like a little abrupt. Why abrupt? I don't know. I feel like it came out of nowhere. I agree with you. I think that it definitely, ah, I don't, I guess it did, but look, think about the follow-up though. he, did the torture rack or UFO set up into a backbreaker, which he led that into right directly right after he went right into the swing. And then right after that, he went right on to the sharpshooter. And what I'm a big fan of is we see that set up a lot, the, at least the swing into the sharpshooter. And it's, I mean, he's tapped out wrestlers to that submission before, especially yeah. when he was teaming with kid and well, after teaming with kid. Yeah. But uh, I was expe- I definitely was expecting Cesaro to pick up the victory here, and now I hope he's in for a big push. Mm-hmm. And it seems like he's going to be doing this as a face. That's what apparently he just signed a new contract too. Yeah. So, and that's what the 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 gimmick sites were like. Oh, the spot with the the baby face turn was supposed to be Cesaro in that in that gauntlet. Not Nakamura. Yeah. So, afterwards, they, they fist bumped, so I'm assuming we will see some sort of big push for Cesaro. I'm hoping so. He deserves it, that's for sure. We saw Bailey defeat Ruby Riot, where Billy Kay tried to help Ruby Riot break the submission, which I thought was something, it was fine. I don't know why Liv Morgan got pissed off. She got pissed and argued, started arguing with her, which kind of distracted Ruby Riot. Yeah, she led to that distraction. Liv did, not not Billy Kay. Yeah, Billy Kay was just trying to help, and I popped afterwards. She like ran after Bailey to try to give her a headshot or a resume. Yeah. Um, and I, I I enjoyed the match for what it was. I think it could have been maybe longer. Um, hmm, I don't know. Um, but earlier in the night, we saw Bianca Belair interviewed backstage, and she said that she wasn't ready to choose who she'll be facing at WrestleMania, completely leaving out NXT, which irked me. I know. But, I mean, the fact that she did that, she wins the Royal Rumble, and the, for her first appearance is in a backstage interview. Yeah. And then she went out to the ring later on. I don't understand what the first part was for. But she came out to talk about it. Reginald came out and cuts her off and said that 
Belair can't even beat Carmella. Sasha Banks came out and Reginald ended up getting involved in or getting in between Sasha and Bianca Belair and Belair started to uh, whip him with her hair. She whipped her hair back and forth? Yeah, so we still don't know who Bianca Belair will pick. I think that's fine that we don't know who she's going to pick. I do think the the it seems Sasha Banks is the solid one to pick though. Yeah. I I agree with you. I think it's going to be Sasha Banks and I'm excited for it to be Sasha Banks. I think it should be Sasha Banks. Um, perhaps we'll see a match with uh Carmella at Elimination Chamber? Uh, yeah. I can see that happening. After that, we saw the Dirty Dogs pick up the victory over, over Chad Gable and Otis. <laughs> I don't know how that fumble of words happened, but uh, <laughs> Dirty Dogs got a new theme song, which I popped for at first, but then it just went into like some generic gimmick. I was hoping it'd be more like a, a remix glorious theme as well. That that would have been cool. Which it might be. I just have to re-listen to like the actual good quality sound of it. Mm-hmm. But uh I I liked this match. I did not like the Street Profits doing commentary on screen. Like they're on Twitch. Uh is that what they were going for? I don't think so, but that's what it like it just came off like that to me. Mm-hmm. But I thought that was very distracting from the match. Huh. And I think at the start of this pandemic, we said that we didn't like the Street Profits on commentary because they were just yelling the whole time. Yeah, that's true. And it was a different kind of yell from them versus Asuka. That's true. Um, I could understand where you're coming from. But I just, I need more Chad Gable and Otis. Gable now, and Otis? Now you talk about teams that get thrown together you don't like. This happens somewhat naturally. Do you care if they were to win the championships? Well, no. That would be fine with that. because So my whole issue is for the sake of the Dusty Rhodes Classics when random tag teams are thrown together and then they go straight to the championship and they win. Hmm. You know, that's that's just my my own personal opinion where I just don't like it when... I un- I like the storyline. I like the lead-up. Like the Thatcher-Champa uh, storyline and lead-up to that, I, I love it. I was entertained by it. But now to have them team up and go for the Dusty Classic and then win, that I'm not too fond of because I want an actual tag team to win it. I don't want a random tag team that was thrown together to win it. Because... Yeah, but then, but how did you not like the bar? Oh, I love the bar. So, but I'm it not wasn't opposed. For, uh... if, the, if the team's going to work well together, I'm not opposed to them. But it wasn't a Dusty Classic. Up. Yeah, but say the bar ended up being in the Dusty Classic and went on to be a decorated tag team. Then that would be something, um, I don't know. I still wouldn't be a fan of it. I mean, I wasn't a fan of 
the ricochet aspect or the uh, Alistair Black aspect or whoever the, the Samoa Joe aspect. The I Finn Balor aspect. <laughs> who? Finn Balor. Yeah, I, whoever was teamed up. It was always that well, The feud, first feud, Dusty feud. Classic I, I don't think can count, though, because there were some super random teams there. Uh, Alistair yeah, Black and has... Ricochet's only thing was that, like, hey, we're getting called up to the main roster together sort of thing, it seemed. Yeah. Just but then they team. also they went on to tag on the main roster as well a bit, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Who was this? Ricochet and Alistair Black. Yeah, when they when they first came up, uh, they teamed together. Right. You're correct. After this, we saw how Hulk Hogan, I was going to say Hollywood Hulk Hogan, but it wasn't Hollywood. It was in <laughs> Tampa, brother. Um, or Orlando. Not sure which one he was at. But they had him on, I think it was because 33 years ago, 33 million people watched the main event where Hulk Hogan faced Andre the Giant. Completely pointless segment. I agree. But I did pop for Hulk Hogan bringing up that him and Edge were tag team partners. Mm-hmm. Not many people might remember that him and Edge were tag team champions. That's true. Um, but I don't they were billing it as like oh and we'll see who Hulk Hogan thinks Edge should pick and I feel like we didn't get that from Hogan we just got a reminder as to how Hogan likes to put himself over I'm shocked Jimmy Hart he just stood there he didn't do anything he was just we didn't even get a hey there holster uh then for the main event of SmackDown, we saw Big E defeat Apollo Crews and Sami Zayn to retain the Intercontinental Championship. I really liked this match. I liked a bunch of the stuff that took place, specifically at one point. Then uh, Apollo Crews, I think, went for a capture suplex on Sami Zayn, and Big E hit a German suplex on Apollo Crews, which I thought was cool. And I, mm-hmm. I thought Apollo Crews might have maybe pinned Sami Zayn to win the Intercontinental Championship during this match. Or not might have thought that he did. I would thought he uh-huh. was going to. Oh, okay. I got worried and uh for a split second. <laughs> but then you Biggie, remembered. Biggie walked out as champion. Now who goes for the Intercontinental Championship? Still Sami Zayn, still Apollo Cruz? Or do we see Christian step up? No. Come on now. Come on. Come on. No, no, come on now. There's storyline there as well. No, Christian was supposed to have... Christian won a spot to be number one contender for the Intercontinental Championship. And the champion at the time was Big E. When? Years ago. Seven years ago. And then Christian didn't get cleared. That'd be interesting. Yeah. But to close out SmackDown, we had Edge come out, Roman Reigns came out, and Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens hit Roman Reigns with a stunner before Edge could answer Roman Reigns. 
Very. We for some reason I didn't see that coming. I didn't see Kevin Owens, and I definitely didn't know how they were going to get Edge to not pick Roman Reigns just then. Mm-hmm. I would have been disappointed because we still have the takeover match with Balor and Pete Dunne. Yeah. So how could he watch that and but like already have picked the other one? Reigns? Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. But it's interesting because as Roman Reigns says, he's the main event of WrestleMania. If if we want that I don't know who they're going to have WrestleMania close with, the WWE Championship or the Universal Championship. Maybe neither. Can I Yeah, I And we we do get two nights. And I still, I, hope, I really would like to see Bianca Belair in one of those main events with Sasha exactly, Banks. Exactly. I'm going Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. I think that I think that WWE has the potential to really make history and to um be at the forefront of that. And I think by having Bianca Belair taking on Sasha Banks in the main event of WrestleMania, I think that would really be a a powerful statement. Yeah. But that was SmackDown. We're going to take a quick break and hear from a word, a word from our sponsor, Manscaped. We'll be right back here on Marking Out. Support for Marking Out is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Look, I mean, I've done it. Dave's done it. Brandon's never done it. You're down there. You, sh- you know, shave it up, making sure everything looks clean and fresh, and you get a nick. Get a little cutsky there, and it stinks. It's no, it, it's no fun whatsoever. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. So essentially, it's the ball hair trimmer equivalent of Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 25. And they just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to the advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. Because we all know that Brandon's gonna need it. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. So that way, you don't make a mess all over your bathroom. The one coolest feature is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer, more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7000 RPM motor with quiet shrug technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. So that way, I can charge my lawnmower 3.0, my camera batteries, and my phone all on the same shelf. Huzzah! If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours and get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS, that's one for this uh, read, at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS, that's two for this read, at manscaped.com. 
That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code REGARDLESS. That's three for the three. And folks, if you want your boomer sooner to be fruity, delicious, fruity, fruity, delicious, fruity, delicious, well, then use the code REGARDLESS to get 20% off and free shipping. That's now four for this read. Don't forget to sauce it. Back on Marking Out, pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans. Uh, thanks to Manscaped for being aboard. You can go to manscaped.com. Use the coupon code regardless. Save 20% off and free shipping. I used that coupon code and got myself some foot spray this week. Because, as I said last week, um, now that I have to be in shoes all the time and I'm all over the place, my feet are sweating, my feet are getting stinky, uh, I want to keep them nice and fresh. So I want some foot duster. And you can do so, too, by going to manscaped.com. Using the coupon code regardless, you get 20% off and free shipping. Uh, Chris and Brandon here on the pro wrestling side of Marking Out's 10-year anniversary episode. And we'll kick it off with Impact Wrestling and Impact Wrestling this week kicked off with some serious action as Havoc and the Havoc with Nevaeh defeated tag team champion Tasha Steeles with Kira Hogan. Um, we said it last week. This is just this is going to be the, the the tag team feud that's going to happen for a little while. <laughs> yeah, I and like I said last week, not really. Uh, I don't really like the feud. Fire uh, and Flavor won cleanly at the pay per view, and now it's just I don't know that Havoc and Nevaeh cheat here now to win. Listen, I am all about it. Um, I think the Tombstone Piledriver that Havoc hit was sick because, like, she hit the ground, she bounced up, and then Tasha Steele's, like, hit the ground. I thought it was awesome. I'm a fan of theirs. Um, last week, however, though, to end off Impact Wrestling, you had Can Shamrock rage and dis- destroy everybody, uh, which then left it led to his indefinite suspension. I didn't he realize bat- he attacked Sammy Callahan as well until they yeah. showed us. Well, I liked the backstage promo with Scott D. Moore and Sammy Callahan. Tony's like, yeah, that's it. We can finally agree on something. All right. All right, Scott. Let's shake on it. Yeah, and I like Sammy. was like, oh, I was going to fire him anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe that's this is just writing Ken Shamrock off. Maybe his contract's up with Impact. Yeah, that, that's definitely a possibility. It is. Um, but after this, uh, you had a little backstage promo with Rich Swan and Tommy Dreamer, how they uh, are going to – faced off against Moose and Chris Bay later in the evening. And uh, um, I liked him comparing it, uh, Tommy comparing him getting a title shot to him giving Terry Funk a title shot in ECW. Yes. Which I don't know, yes. did you by any chance see that promo? Not, I mean, not a promo. There was a video of Terry Funk this week that no. uh, he's like, stop sending me stuff to autograph. I'm too old for this. I didn't see that. Well, wow. Very uh, Ringo star of him, but... Very depressing. Yeah, also. very much so. Yeah, that's that's money. That's a money business right there. Yeah. But next up, after uh, backstage, you have the Good Brothers uh, preparing to defend their AEW. I mean, Impact Tag Team Championships against Private Party at No Surrender when they're confronted by Chris Sabin and James Storm, saying they want a shot at the tag titles, and they and the Good Brothers say no because they have a big match tomorrow at Beach Break, and they're not uh, not doing anything about it. But they settle that they will face off next week on Impact. Yeah, uh, we so. saw Josh Alexander pick up the victory over Madman Fulton, which was a good win for Josh Alexander, Again, and I think he needs to continue him up this. Yeah, as a single star, absolutely. Uh, next pro, I loved this. This next promo, you kind of called have, it. 
I did. What What do you mean I called it? Well, now, oh, the now they're gimmick. being sold, I believe, on on Impact Brother, Shop Impact. Brian Myers-related eye patches were already a thing from Live 5, Major Wrestling Figure 5 Podcast Live 5. They had eye patches. But were they this being sold a... to the mass public? Yes, they were. Hmm. They were supposed to be sold at the show, but since the show couldn't go on because of COVID, they sold them on their website. Why were they selling eye patches? What was the gimmick there? It was it was a pirate because WrestleMania this year was was pirate. Oh, themes. oh yeah, okay. So they had a whole pirate theme show. They had major fi- wrestling figure podcast uh, pirate flags. Hmm. It was awesome. But anyway, Brian Myers comes out to the ring with an eye patch. You know, calling Eddie Edwards the most unprofessional wrestler, calling him a backyarder. And then Eddie comes to the ring, and Eddie is then taken out by Hernandez. I like Brian pulling out a doctor's note. Yeah, I like that too. I was I was really waiting for Smart Park to come out to be his lawyer. He's like, my mm. lawyer, who's here right now, but you know, a this can grow. But then you know, Hernandez and Brian Myers attack down Eddie Edwards, who is then coming to his aid is Matt Cardona. So now we have Brian Myers and Matt Cardona on two separate sides of the ring. Um, you know, this then led to a backstage promo later saying, you know, Eddie Edwards thanking Matt Cardona and they're asked, they're heading to management to see if they can get a match, which was then signed, sealed and delivered and no surrender. It's going to be Brian Myers and Hernandez facing off against Matt Cardona and Eddie Edwards. Yeah, it should be a cool match. So two solid backyarders on one team. <laughs> That's funny. That's really funny. <laughs> WCW for life. Uh, I liked uh, Johnny Swinger's backstage party that he was having. Yeah, the same one that he had last week. Which Fala kind of made reference to that with uh, a Groundhog Day reference, which it was Groundhog Day. That it was. I uh, googled, as soon as he said Groundhog Day, like made the reference, I didn't realize it, it was Groundhog Day, so I googled it. And Google says, did you mean Groundhog Day? And when you click that, it goes, did you mean Groundhog Day? I didn't get it at first. I thought I thought this page was just refreshing. Like, oh, yeah, it God, took me. Uh, it took me. I think three times when I clicked it before realizing, oh, you idiot! It's it's a Groundhog Day reference. It actually <laughs> is Groundhog Day. Wow. Uh, but then after this, you have Larry D getting some sort of retribution over Crazy Steve and Rosemary by picking up the victory over Crazy Steve. Um, well, Steve kept biting actually- Larry D, but uh, Larry punched him right in the face to win. Yeah. Yes, it is. We saw so. Tennille offer up some services to Triple XL, though, against Rosemary. And Larry D said that if Rosemary and Crazy Steve can find a partner, then they're down to uh, have a match. So who will Rosemary and Crazy Steve find to wrestle? I don't know. Maybe suicide. I wonder, like, because the. The decay was just them in abyss, right? It was a bit, yeah. It was them in abyss. I wonder who else will. You think fit. abyss got? No, he didn't get no, released. No, no. no, yeah, he's still there. Pretty Unless they have him. like somebody else come in as the abyss character, which is like when the uh, what was it called? Brian uh, Adams came in as no, um, the Brian Undertaker Lane came in as the Undertaker. It's possible. Yeah, they own. I believe they own the character. So they do because they made that micro brawler that I'm staring at right now. Just no tattoos, right? Yeah, no tattoos. Mm. There's no tattoos on it. We saw Gia Miller interview Trey Miguel, which was then hacked by Sammy Callahan, and he was like, "I want 
Impact wants people who are like wanting to be here, people who are passionate. And then this fired Trey Miguel up. So I'm assuming we're going to see some sort of match between the two of them. Perhaps. Yeah. I, I said it last, but I said this last week too. I'm like, you put Trey Miguel against the Sammy Callahan. It's a good way to, you know, kind of get him as a, a, a single star and not a member of the Rascals. We saw Jordan Grace pick up the victory over Susan. We uh, also had Kimberly and Deanna Perrazzo both attack Jordan Grace behind the referee's back. Jazz eventually tried to make the save and then ultimately kind of did, which uh, Jordan Grace was able to take advantage of that. And Deanna Perrazzo and Kimberly jumped both Jazz and Jordan Grace. And ODB made the save. All about it. I like ODB. I thought the match was uh, not great, but ODB coming back, I think, was the highlight of impact for me. Yeah, she's great. She's a a legend. Absolutely. In in impact wrestling. Um, After this, though, I think the highlight for me (laughs) of impact was another. See, I thought you were about to go into private party and Matt Hardy. You're going into Khan and Shivani, right? Which was outstanding. (laughs) This, this you know, was the I, shark head promo, right? This was the shark that head promo. That was funny, yeah. And, to t- you know, maybe uh, Tony Khan had too many pina coladas. <laughs> you know, but, but I, it was fun. It, I like these. You know, they're, they're doing very well with cross-promoting and keeping these fresh and keeping these fun every single week. Tony Khan making fun of all the internet marks. It's hilarious. <laughs> when he went back in the day, he was one. Yeah. he. I wonder but, how many tapes. He probably used to tape trade, right? He, he said he was a big tape trader. That's what I thought, yeah. Yeah. Um, after this, he had another backstage promo, you know, ODB hyping up her, uh, you know, return to Impact. And, you know, Jazz kind of saying, oh, yeah, there's a bunch of uh, a bunch of us that are coming back to Impact, a bunch of veterans coming back, which you thought was straight foreshadowing. Yeah, that, that has to be. We've heard rumors now that uh, Taylor Wilde yes. is coming I think back. she said it, too, that she's been training. So, yeah, I'm assuming like we're going to see Taylor Wilde back in Impact pretty soon. And it sucks that I thought she was really good. I thought she was great. And after Impact, she's been gone for like 10, maybe more than 10 years. I believe she had a real career. Uh, yeah, I think so, too. I, I don't... She was a firefighter, if I'm not mistaken. A firefighter. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she was a firefighter. Oh, yeah, wow. So, yeah, cool. Next up, after this, you had Rohit Raju pick up the victory over TJP. And that weird guy, that he, big guy that he was looking at over his shoulder was none other than Mahalabali Shera, his old partner, helping him, chokeslamming TJP. Um, looks like he's got a heater now, which I think is good. I like this. Yeah. Um, maybe we should have seen... Shira being the one that he was talking to, but we didn't uh, we didn't put that together. It, we weren't watching Impact then, so yeah. I I mean I remember the Desi Hit Squad, but I wasn't yeah, hardcore same. into Impact like yeah, exactly. I was. I am now. Um, but we saw a violent by design promo where Eric Young spoke to cousin Jake, trying to recruit him still, and then Jake afterwards said he doesn't have an answer, but he will next week. So next week we will see whether or not he's shaving off his facial hair and everything and joining Violent by Design. 
Maybe, yeah. Main event. Well, what, did, what did I say last week? What? I said last week maybe Cousin Jake's going to join Violet by Design to, like, you know what Daniel Bryan did with the, the Wyatt family. Oh, and infiltrate them. Infiltrate the system, brother. Well, we saw Moose and Chris Bay team up to defeat Tommy Dreamer and Rich Swan. We saw Moose toss Tommy Dreamer into Rich Swan, and he took advantage of that to pick up the victory. Yeah. And then Moose speared Tommy Dreamer afterwards. Coming out on top. Both. Yeah. Holding both titles. Yeah, so you think that's what's going to happen, or you still think Kenny Omega's going to win it? Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It seems like they're done with Kenny Omega right now, but... Maybe they, I don't know, maybe they were were going to have Kenny defeat Swan, but there's just not enough time. There's not enough time. So, uh, all right. So that was uh, another solid week of Impact Wrestling. Uh, let's get over to, you could say, their brother promotion, because the good brothers are there. Uh, in, not really, but... <laughs> Um, all Elite Wrestling from Jacksonville, Florida. It was Beach Bash when it was like 40 degrees outside. Uh, and you kicked the show off with Chris Jericho and MJF are your new number one contenders for the Bucks Tag Team Championships as they won the Battle Royal. Writing was uh, on the lot. wall, right? No, I thought the Bucks were going to win it when they got oh. introduced. Oh, I didn't think that at all. No, I, I, I thought this match happen. was stupid, though, because you had Dark Order and Inner Circle. They had the advantages, but they weren't really, like, teaming together until the end. Yeah. I thought that was super weird, but uh, I wasn't a fan of this match. Yeah, I mean, I would have liked it better if the Young Bucks won. Yes, that came out of my mouth. <laughs> um, because I would think that's, you know... Again, striking when the... And I spoke about this last week with the FTR Young Bucks match. You want to strike when the iron's hot. You have Revolution. You, a, a big selling point is this Mark Dream match between the Good Brothers and the Bucks. It was weird. Which, it was weird that they added that stipulation and it was not even used. I know. That's that's why I was like, okay, they're definitely using it. And, and it's not even that it wasn't used. The Young Bucks did not even go all the way. I know, which I thought was strange as well. So that's too. that's not great. I mean, the sort the story at the end of the match was more of Sammy Guevara yeah. getting eliminated by his own members of the inner circle. Yeah. So, also, I don't know if you noticed. You mentioned it was forty degrees. Did you notice in some in some of the the camera angles the heat? Yes, that I was did. that's I I don't know how hot it was by the ringside, but. Where they were saying one WrestleMania is Two. super cold. Two WrestleManias. Uh, well, I don't know if WrestleMania 35 uh, was necessarily cold, but WrestleMania 29 was freezing. And they said they had heaters underneath the ring. There's so yes, WrestleMania for WrestleMania 29. There was a ring that was designed specifically for the Northeast, the the outside weather for MetLife Stadium, and the only other time it was used was WrestleMania 35. And it has this whole uh, heating system under the ring, so the the heat comes up. And it's like, I don't know, I think, uh, I forget who said for Impact that they have the heaters ringside. I think it's a lot, like, more involved in that WrestleMania ring. Ah, uh, okay. It's like this, there's a, there's like, a, I think a little documentary on 
on YouTube you could look up. Yes, I remember watching it. Yeah, so that was that was pretty cool. Next up, you have uh, a promo with Jade Cargill chaining in the ring. She's Superwoman. But, but she wasn't even was she? In, I don't remember her in the ring. It was just her working out. It was just her working out, and a bunch of fake sweat on her, or maybe it was real sweat, or she had a lot of baby oil on that it was just kind of glistening off of her. But later on, looks, they showed, she looks like a million bucks. Don't don't get me wrong. They showed a video of Shaquille O'Neal where he did his own version of the Judas Effect, which was hilarious. Yeah, he's like social distancing. Come on. But Come on. Uh, there's now a tag match set for the March third episode of Dynamite. It was supposed to be at that pay per view Revolution, but due to the All Star Game, Shaquille O'Neal can't make that tag match. Oh, that's what it was. I'm like, yeah, this is weird. Yeah. You would think somebody would, like, know that they have to be at the All-Star game before pushing pay-per-view. Yeah, put, yeah you never know. But uh, And next up after this, it's Darby Allen and Sting. The Hoodlums. The promo. Yeah, the Hoodlums. Uh, but then they are interrupted by Team Taz. They're like, we're not allowed in the ring, yet we have a microphone. Yeah. They're not allowed inside the building, but here they are outside the building. Um, you know, next week Darby Allen's going to be facing off against Joey Janela for the TNT title, which is um, weird. I, you said this the other day. Apparently, Darby Allen requested to face Joey Janela for the TNT title. But why? Because they're both stuntmen. You know, they put their bodies on the line. I'm assuming this match will be a car crash next week. I guess you know that. Well, I. It's going to be normal rules, though, right? Yes. Because it would kind of make sense to have Janela versus Darby to prepare for the street fight aspect. Yeah, maybe they'll throw a monkey wrench midway through social media and be like, oh, yeah, this match next week is going to be a no-rules match. Uh, It was kind of funny that Starks was saying some things to Sting, and he's like, if I was there, I would be saying this to your face, but literally every single time, they've ran from Sting. He's, he's Sting. But they so. teased Team Taz being involved in Darby's match next week. So we shall see that take place. Joey Janela had a promo later on to to go back with what Darby was saying. Kind of heelish, which is weird. Yeah. He's the bad boy. Yeah, he is. Uh, next up, he had Britt Baker uh, defeat Thunder Rosen, which was an outstanding match. I would say for me, this was the match of the night. I can agree with you. Uh, yes, I can agree with you on this. And, you know, you could talk about, you know, all oh, the women's division. This is a solid women's match. And we've been seeing those solid women's matches. For We've been saying it a bunch of times within the past month. And I, I so. like Britt Baker not being able to get lockjaw on Thunder Rosa throughout the whole match. Yeah. I, I, it told a story. The one thing I could have done without was the Rebel stuff. But it led know, to the end of the fun. match. All right. Where where she hit the the flatliner onto the unprotected turnbuckle, and Rosa Thunder Rosa was knocked out. Yeah, cool. Should we mention the the women's elimination tournament now? Yeah, sure. You can go into it. So the want. women's elimination tournament, World Championship Eliminator tournament, they announced that it will be taking place in the United States and in Japan. Cool. Eight women. In the United States, eight women in Japan. The winner will face off against each other, and then the winner of that tournament will face Hikaru Shida for the AEW Women's Championship. From the Japanese side, you have Aja Kong, Yuka Sakazaki, Veni, Emi Sakura, 
Ryo Mizunami, Mei Suruga, Rin Kadokura, and Maki Ito. You did it a lot better than I could have, Brandon. <laughs> the U.S. side, we have Serena Deeb, Rio, Britt Baker, Ty Conti, Thunder Rosa, Nyla Rose, Anna Jay, and Layla Hirsch. Yeah. Cool. I think it'll come down to Maki Ito and Britt Baker. You think so? And I think, well, maybe want to see Maki Ito versus Hikaru Shida. Yeah, I guess it'll probably, that's what will probably happen. They're going to go back to their original plan for the women's division to make it all about the, the Joshis. It's really weird. Um, after they announced this tournament, people all over Twitter were like, oh my God, now the Joshis have a chance to come to America. And but I'm they like, were always where getting did them they announce that there were going to be Joshis involved even? Well, I mean, well, the, all the Japanese women. But yeah, well, you know, yeah, you know about Joshi we, we are, we are used to some of these women in AEW already. But I just thought it was weird that people, like, almost called it. Yeah. And Hikaru Shida's in Japan producing these matches now. Apparently, I had no idea she's, like, been a, a producer of stuff before. Oh, I, I had no clue either. Wow. Yeah, she had her own stuff in Japan that she worked on. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So hopefully these are awesome. I'm like right now of everything in AEW, I'm most looking forward to this women's world championship eliminator tournament. Because you do like Japanese female wrestling a lot. Yeah. Like if they brought a lucha tournament to AEW. Absolutely. Dude, you'd be sitting there. Uh, yeah. It would just have to be like. Well, because, I mean, they're working with AAA, so I'd pop if any of those guys showed up, so. Yeah. Or women. Yeah. Next up, tag match. Adam Page and Matt Hardy defeat the Chaos Project as, uh, you know, Matt Hardy's trying to court Adam Page to be uh, part of the Matt Hardy brand or whatever it's called. Yeah, and it was funny because he pitched him in the locker room and he's like, I'm just here to change. We're not going to talk business or whatever. I just want to get revenge against Chaos Project for ruining Negative One's birthday. And then, yeah, they had Hardy and and Page picked up that victory, which they mentioned. This was the weirdest mention, and I thought it was cool at first. They mentioned Matt Hardy booking Adam Page on an Omega show, which they said was over 10 years ago and one of Page's first matches. And I popped for that. But then I thought, I'm like, wait a minute. Adam Page was not around in the 90s. And Omega came back first in 2013, I believe. Oh my God, they're off by three years. <laughs> but and it wasn't one of his first matches, according to the the history logs. Okay, whatever. Let's continue on. It's a weird. Also it's made just, a, I thought it was a, a weird th- thing to put in there. Well, last week during the main event, they made a speedball Mike Bailey reference. I'm like. And JR's like, what? Speedball? Yeah. Speedball Mike Bailey. I'm like, that was a weird reference. Also, by the way, I hope they put, uh, they do video packages for everybody in that women's match tournament. Hey, listen, media people need uh, some work. So hire some extra media people to make some sick promos. Yeah. Uh, Call us up, TK. Call me up. Us, you know, you. I could do some VO. 
Okay. Uh, next up, you had the wedding of Penelope Ford and Kip Sabian, who was, was officiated by Father James Mitchell. That was a cool pop. I know. I was, that was a great pop. I liked that a lot. Uh, they got married. Then Miro tries to uh, you know celebrate with champagne. He is then handcuffed, uh, foot cuffed to the ring post. How does he not realize? Because he's probably drunk already. <laughs> um, which is then, you know, you have Chuck Taylor getting his revenge on... Uh, Kip Sabian, and then, as I predicted, Orange Cassidy pops out of the cake. So, Penelope Ford's face went into that cake, and I have to say that was the driest-looking cake I have ever seen. <laughs> that was the one of the most disappointing things of that segment, aside from the whole the segment, cake? was the, how dry that cake looked. Yeah, I can't believe the cake looked so, the cake looked so dry. It was, oh my it was God. terrible. No cake should be dry. <laughs> Oh god. And but I wish that run- segment wasn't as predictable as you were like so clearly able to predict. Yeah, but it, it's going to set up a match, a revolution, or you know, keep going down the line until Trent comes back. Well, folks, welcome to the very first cake match at AEW. <laughs> Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor versus Miro and Kip Sabian. The, the cake catastrophe match. You have to throw your two giant cakes on either side of the ring. Yeah. It's going to happen, folks. <laughs> we, Stay tuned. We booked it now. After that, we saw Lance Archer and Eddie Kingston in a lumberjack match. Archer picked up the victory there. Uh, this, I, I I don't know. What did you think of this? I wasn't. Uh, I, I thought it was fine. I thought. It was it was a pure six brawl. The referee couldn't have looked stupider in this match. You not insult Audrey Edwards like that. She was not the referee. Well, still, don't never insult Audrey Edwards. <laughs> she was not the referee this match. <laughs> I don't pay attention to her, the referee. So, it's Audrey Edwards I pay attention so, to. It's fantastic. In this match, you had the Butcher and the Blade get involved. And they set up a, a table in the ring. This is all behind the referee's back. Bear Country gets in the ring, which was cool to see them on Dynamite. And that would be a cool pairing. Lance Archer and Bear Country, as his, like you know, he like kind of... Hey, listen, I can help you guys out. This will be awesome. We'll be great. So they make the save. I think it was Bear Bronson that that put one of them through the table. The referee turns around, and even until the end of the match, after the match, I don't think he saw the table. Oh, no? It was the weirdest thing. It was like he looked everywhere else, but the like there was a, a table scrap. Archer hit his went to hit his finisher like he there was table there. <laughs> there was cake I there. Thought that was the weirdest thing. He just like, oh, where, I don't see table. Where's a table, brother? The corner right there. You didn't hear a table break. You didn't hear the spot. You didn't feel the ring bounce. I don't know why they make referees look so stupid in that company. I don't know. Maybe they have a, a problem with uh, referees. That could be it, but uh, I believe they're getting some action figures out of it, so that's cool. I would uh, I would have preferred if WWE got that treatment back in the day. Yeah, well, you know, it didn't. So. Um, but after that, we saw FTR backstage speaking about not getting a title shot and how they were banned from that uh, the gimmick battle royal, and then they showed that they had kidnapped. Kidnapped Marco Stunt. Kidnapped? Yeah. Oh, no, he's been kidnapped. <laughs> kidnapped. Oh, no. Yeah, right. he was. So they, he, they, they kidnapped, so they kidnapped Marco Stunt. They kidnapped Marco Stunt. Man. 
Hey, listen, they're they're not bad guys. Main so event like, of the evening saw Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers defeat John Moxley, Pac, and Phoenix, which I found a majority of this match boring. Why? I don't know. I don't. Maybe it's just like the combination of Moxley and the Good Brothers here. I'm just like. Not into it, but Phoenix and Pac-Man did... So, Pac-Man, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> there was Pac, comma, man. Did so much work in this match, and I really, really hope Phoenix becomes champion someday. I hope Pac... I like this this team, though. And I like their, their entrance was cool. I just... I don't know. Maybe I'm just like... I'm just so over Moxley, I guess. I think I like Moxley. He likes his beer calls. I don't. I don't dislike Moxley. I just think there were better matches I've seen. Well, let. I mean, let's talk about. I mean, the one thing that sticks out to me is the ending of this match. You know, Lance Archer comes out to uh, you know kind of wean off everybody, and then Moxley gets to his feet after you know taking a beating from Kenny Omega. Someone jumps in the ring and beats up beats up John Moxley. Um, and who is it? Takes this thing off. It's Kenta. Which was awesome. Kenta, which was awesome. Stupid sell by John Moxley, but whatever. Hits the go to sleep. Kenta looks strong, which if, if you haven't noticed, it last week on New Japan strong, John Moxley attacks Kenta. Now Kenta attacks John Moxley. It looks like there's some sort of relationship with New Japan and with the other thing. AEW. <laughs> AEW. Sorry, I'm, I'm doing like eight things at once right now again, as I've been doing. So, yeah. But it, it's uh, it's crazy to see Kenta in on AEW TV, I should say. Not in AEW. But he's a current member of Bullet Club, while the other three are former members of Bullet Club. And after Dynamite ended, Kenny Omega... Approached Kenta and he's like, Oh man, hey, it's so cool. I didn't know Jay White told you to, I didn't know he was gonna be here, whatever. And like, Jay White, by the Shut way, Shut up! Jay White is still with Bullet Club, he's still in New Japan. And yeah, yep. and Kenta just telling him to shut up, saying that they're not, they're not buddies, they're not friends. He's, he's there like, for John Shut the Bob Backlund up. So, I don't know if we're going to be able to see Kenny Omega teaming up with the Good Brothers, teaming up with the Young Bucks versus Jay White, Kenta, maybe Gorillas of Destiny, maybe uh, El Fantasmo, Fale. Yeah, a big blow-off match, like, all out between the Bullet Club and everybody else. I, I still, I can't see it going till that, till all out. I would still put the pin in for, for May. Okay. At double or nothing, but... Uh, who knows? Double or nothing for all we know could take place at the football stadium. Yeah, you were saying that in a, a private conversation that we had the other day. Yeah, because I think a match like that could sell more tickets than at Daly's place. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, of course he can because he got more room to socially distant people, but, you know, Florida doesn't believe in COVID. So. Florida, you could already have more people at Daly's place. That. AEW is doing all the right things to keep everything socially distant. But there's also, I don't think there's a draw for Dynamite every week. 
Ticket yeah, well, sales ticket sales aren't what they were when they first started. So it's like because you have the same people. It's like NXT. Exactly. That's and it's very difficult to to create buzz and have people like especially during a pandemic like why will I fly from New York to Florida for pro wrestling for just a random episode of Dynamite? Yeah. Well, you know, hopefully they'll start touring again. I mean, I know people have uh did they push back a Newark show, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, to some... September, I think. Yeah, I guess the plan is to get back on, get back in motion. That Newark show was supposed to be the blood and guts. Yeah, it was, and blood and guts never happened then. No. So. And it's it's funny. Uh, New Japan had a press conference this past week, and it was like. 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and everyone's like, oh my god, it's Eastern Standard Time, that has to mean, like, they're gonna tour the East Coast. I'm like, what do you mean they're gonna tour the East Coast? It's COVID out, brother. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh my god. But they announced COVID's that they're still now a thing. gonna be on the Roku gimmick for an hour TV special. I was hoping it'd be on something I had. I don't have Roku. I don't plan on getting Roku. Just like me not planning on getting Peacock. You have Roku, though, right? I have a Roku. Oh, but um, but like we switched over to the uh, we switched over to uh, the the Amazon Fire Stick. So you can't like plug it in the Roku and still watch the free TV I, channels. I pr- I probably can. Oh yeah, so. But it's a pain in the that thing. It's very slow, and it's a an old generation. Oh uh, um, yeah, that sucks. Roku, so whatever it is, what it is. I mean, maybe I will. But, you know, I get YouTube, I get Fight that has Ring of Honor on it. I'm assuming that it'll be on Fight because New, New Japan Strong's on it every single week. Mm. So, we'll see. But that and was that's... AEW Dynamite. Hey, Chris, got a match of the week? Chris's match of the week. Chris's match of the week. I do have a match of the week. Um, and it's not on there anymore, but I watched most of it live on Saturday from GCW Fight Forever. Uh, Jordan Oliver defending his Synergy World Championship against Tony Deppin in not an hour-long Iron Match. In a two-hour-long Iron Man match. Literally fight forever. They fought forever. They fought for two hours straight. That was, by the so, way, altogether a very crazy event. Oh, I know. It was wild. A 24-hour event was nuts. And it's not even on their YouTube page anymore, which I'm kind of bummed yeah, about. Yeah, I, I was hoping to go back and watch clips from stuff. I know. So was I. I was. I Rowan apparently was supposed to be on the card. I don't know if he actually was. I don't know if I saw him. I didn't see him either. So, um, from what I was watching, I, I really wanted to watch uh, Jeff Cannonball's match because I'm a Jeff Cannonball mark now, um, because of short soda reviews. Yeah. By the way, did you see, did you see the box that he got from Jones uh, Jones Soda this week? I didn't see the box that he got from Jones Soda. I saw his Jones Soda review though. Oh yeah, well no, he got a box with twelve, six different types of sodas from Jones Joneses. I saw Ricky Shane Pages, that John Cena figure, like oh my stars. Well, how do we get Mountain Dew gimmicks? Brandon, you're a social influencer, right? You should be doing this. Yeah, stuff. Mountain Dew. Hello, Super Bowl. Add me up. Yeah. Oh, and did you see the whole thing with John Cena? If you can count how many Mountain Dews are in his. Super Bowl ad, yeah. Uh, Super Bowl commercial, you can win a million dollars. I did see that, and I, I thought, I, I, I don't know if Charlotte Flair might be in that commercial too. I'm not sure though. Really? I, I feel like 
when she was on the bump the other week, she ha- I think she had that red Mountain Dew gimmick. Mountain Dew Major Melon? Yeah, and she was putting it over and uh of course they were kind of teasing a Super Bowl spot. So I think she might also be in that or have her own pre-Super Bowl ad. I don't know. But I don't know. That's yeah. too much Super Bowl mentioning on this podcast already. Why? The Super Bowl is uh, Sunday. I don't care about the Super Bowl. I know you probably don't ultimately care about the Super Bowl. I do and I don't. I do because, you know, my job is to film sports. Also, so former WWE 24-7 champions in the Super Bowl. Yeah. There you go. That's why we have to mention Crack. it. Um, yeah, but do and- we, we don't have to cheer for the Patriots. No, we're cheering for the we're cheering for the the Chiefs. Yeah, because fan of the show and friend of the show, Jason Linick, I want him to see get his second Super Bowl in as many years, um, and screw Tom Brady. I will say it is stupid. I understand that they're doing the whole like, hey guys, we want uh, neutral ground. Even though it's the Buccaneers, like, home stadium. No, but this is like, and I was telling Rachel this the other day, this is like classic wrestling storylines. You have the, you know, the best of all time probably going, like, he conveniently signs to a new team that's hosting a Super Bowl, and he's going to his home turf to win what could probably be his last title ever. You know, and then, like, fade off into the sunset. It's And uh, he should have already been banned from the NFL for cheating. I will stand on that statement forever. But I think it's stupid that the Buccaneers will not be using the cannons for every I, touchdown or whatever. I they 100 use it. I 100% agree with that. But and if they're like they're like oh we it has to be neutral ground we're going to we're not going to do it for for the the goals that we're not it's like why not just have it for both teams whenever whenever somebody scores on that's every a lot team. Of, that's a lot of gunpowder, Brandon. Come on. It's the Super Bowl, the most watched gimmick in gimmick history. Yeah, no, this year won't be. It could Actually, be. No, uh, there's a lot of people that probably want to see Tom Brady uh, win. I, I don't even think, I feel like there might be Super Bowls out there that have uh, even less attendees, though. My mom's friend is going to the Super Bowl. Must be nice. What? I said must be nice. <laughs> well, no, shit, they gave, the NFL gave... Frontline workers tickets to the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, so at my mo- at the hospital my mom works at, they had like, oh hey, do you want to go? And they gave it to frontline workers who were fully vaccinated. So they gave it to a bunch of like authoritative people in our hospital, and then it kind of like trickled down to my mom's friend, and they like told her, oh hey, guess what? You won the tickets. So, but she you know went on News Twelve saying, oh I'm a Jets fan, but I'm rooting for Tom Brady. How oh, how dare you? Dare she? I like this woman a lot, but how she no longer she? exists to me. <laughs> <laughs> my mom was like, I, um, my mom was telling me about it. I'm like, she's rooting for John Brady. She's like, yeah, she's like, she's dead to me. She's like, that's not nice. I'm like, yes, it's nice. This guy shouldn't be banned from the NFL for cheating. Like misinterpreting the rules. Excuse me. Misinterpreting him. How he had them. The balls were deflated one season. That was a South Park reference. Oh, that episode. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, all right, yeah, so my match of the week, <laughs> wow, talking about random, my match of the week, Jordan Oliver versus Tony Deppin uh, at GCW Fight Forever, and Tony Deppin on uh, Valentine's Day is having an iron match against a female wrestler. 
a 60-minute Iron Match. So I guess that's going to be Tony Deppin's new gimmick. He's going to be the Iron Man. Well, just a friendly reminder, don't uh, don't buy flowers for Valentine's Day. You know what I bought? And Rachel's not here today, so I could tell you about it. Oranges? They, it, no, I didn't buy oranges. We have oranges in the house. I blood oranges in my house, actually. I think I do, too, actually. <laughs> They're delicious. I made uh, an old-fashioned with them the other day. But I for Valentine's Day this year, for Rachel... Like I don't, you, I don't know if you saw them on your Facebook. Like they have these like pop up like Mickey paper. Mouse and Minnie Mouse. Yeah. Why yeah. am I seeing ads for these things? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but I saw it. And my my wife is such a mark for Disney right now, so I'm just like, yeah, okay. I'm like, I'll oh, get her those. Did so they, they already came? I guess or yeah, it already came. It looks like it came like a vinyl. Like like if they were shipping vinyl, it came in something like that. And I had and Rachel was home when it came, so I was like, oh, Bob shit. Backlund. I'm like, oh, there's a curse for you to believe. That's yeah, fine. Don't worry about it. It's it's a ten year anniversary, brother. We can get one slip. Um, it came when she was home, and I had to run to the door, push her out of the way, and grab it, and say, "No, you no look." And and uh, you opened it up, and it looks good, and everything. I haven't opened up yet. I'm gonna do that like the night before Valentine's Day. So if it sucks, I'll uh, I'll go get our nice thing of oranges. <laughs> <laughs> so all right, yeah. So um, yeah, that's my uh, match for the week. Uh, and uh, yeah, Brandon, who you shout out? My name is Dave, and you should listen to Brandon's shout-outs. Make me famous. First shout-out goes to WWE icons Yokozuna. Uh, This aired, officially aired after the Royal Rumble. I saw it earlier in the day, but I think it's a lot like their other documentaries that they've put out, and they're always fantastic. But I liked how they cut to a bumper to introduce to who's talking. And uh, I'm excited for the rest of this series. The rest of the series, we got uh, British Bulldog, Lex Luger, Beth Phoenix, and Rob Van Dam. So if you have the WWE Network, check that out. I think it was incredibly well done. It definitely was. And I got to agree with you. I loved how they uh, flash back to an image of whoever just appeared on the screen back in their prime. I thought that was a really cool additive to it. And to see this entire documentary on Yokozuna, I mean, for me and Chris, we grew up watching this sort of an era. And for me, Yokozuna was a monster heel, a monster wrestler that I hated. I mean, everybody knows that. I I have a, a soft spot for that awful, awful, horrific <laughs> bonsai drop to Hacksaw Jim Duggan where he's coughing up blood. That, that always uh, hits me right in the heart. But the, he is one. He's probably the best heavyweight pro wrestler. Um, pound, and it's just incredible what he has done. And when you think about it, when you watch this documentary, to really think about that, he was only 26 years old during that time. During that WrestleMania 9, he was only 26. That's. I can't even fathom the amount of pressure or anything that he must have felt during that time with Bret Hart, Hulk Hogan, um, Undertaker. It's it's wild. He was 26. Yeah, but Undertaker was also around that age. That's... No, I don't think so. Uh, when was WrestleMania 9? Uh, 1994? Yeah, so Undertaker Maybe. was... Was definitely around that age. 
I, you know, it's crazy when you think about it. But Yokozuna, he is great. He is yeah. definitely a legend. Taker, and... Taker's one year uh, older than Yoko. Yeah, and I, I wish that, you know, I wish that everything went different with Yokozuna, with that Duke University. I thought that was very, I thought it was very interesting to hear about how WWE supported him and tried to help him out as most as best as possible. Because that's something that you don't really you don't hear about. I feel like if it was something today, they would have like not forced it, but like gotten it way more or tried to at least get it way more under control. Yeah. And you, you're like, you you really feel bad when you hear this stuff, like the toilet bowl story. And, and then you kind of hate Hulk Hogan with the WrestleMania nine aspect yeah. with how everybody was there. Should I have done and it? Hulk- Maybe not. Yeah, and Hulk Hogan like pitched that he should be included in it. And you could hear Bret Hart's uh, distaste for that entire uh, storyline taking place. And when you think about it, you're like, you know, that at the time, as a kid, that was great. But when you look back on it, you're like, wow, that, that sucks. I thought, but, yeah. I thought it was really crazy to see him training with draws. Because for me, I that's like two different generations of wrestlers right there, even though it was really only like a year that separated them. I didn't even think about that, you know? I, I was a big fan of even later on where Yoko was teaming with Owen Hart. I thought that was such a cool tag team. Yeah. Uh, but also this past weekend, I watched The King of Staten Island, which is uh, the Judd Apatow and Pete Davidson movie. I know you hate Pete Davidson. But they go I mean, to so. a Staten Island Yankees game in the movie, and I don't know. I texted Chris about this. I don't know how I've never seen this park before. I've never seen it either. But the Richmond County Bank Ballpark is getting that next shout-out because it has one of the most incredible views of New York City. And I think that's really, really cool. Like, you're sitting there watching a baseball game, and it's just the, the backdrop of Manhattan behind you. I think think you should be able to see the Statue of Liberty from there as well. That's so it's cool that you bring that up because I actually side note, I went to Greenpoint after I got my vaccine the other day uh, and I went to after that, we took a tour. We went over to Greenwood Cemetery in Brooklyn and it's a very, very historical old cemetery. And there's a really cool spot where there's a statue of Minerva waving at the very top. And if you go and you look carefully, Minerva is actually waving to the Statue of Liberty. So, little cool little fact since you brought up Statue of Liberty. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, the, yeah, the, very cool. The last shout-out goes to Shout It Out Loud by Kiss because this was the very first intro song that we used for my shout-outs on Marking Out. And I figured since it was the 10-year anniversary of this podcast, I would point that out. And give that song. Yeah, we didn't even talk out. about it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, it's ten year anniversary. That's it. All right, cool. Let's talk about the Royal Rubble. <laughs> I feel, I feel, I feel like every every other episode, we're like, all right, so let's flash back. What are we grateful for? What have we done over the last uh, anniversaries? We've created you know? a monster in Brandon. <laughs> we have. But he went from sitting on the couch, not saying anything during a podcast recording, to look at him now. To a quote-unquote social influencer. That's incorrect. The very first episode that I was on, you asked me my opinion about Dolph Ziggler, and I said, yeah, he's, he's cool. <laughs> 
That was we, the background. I think that was stuff out of you. I think you you and Chris recorded that the night that we went to Rascal Flats at the Nassau Coliseum in, at the end of February. But uh, yeah, those are my shout outs. Now it's time for our. That is right, our mark out moment of the week. Uh, I think for me, it has to be that Luke Harper gear that New Day wore. I, I still have to get a better glimpse of what was on Xavier Woods' gear because I tried to make it out during the Rumble itself, but I couldn't really make it out. Yeah, there's pictures of it all over. I think that it should be if you go to New Day's uh, Twitter. Social media. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I also popped at... Liv Morgan's Christina Aguilera Royal Rumble gear. But uh yeah, does anybody else have mark out moments? Um uh, for... freaking Christian. Yeah, big time pop. <laughs> also, we didn't even mention uh, I can't even believe it. We skipped over him completely. Carlito. Oh wow, yeah. <laughs> I mean Carlito. Yeah, you're too busy like, oh, and then at this time this person entered, and then after them. <laughs> You don't have to mention every but, single person. And Carlito freaking out here. He looks, he looks like Scott Steiner in 1997, as Kevin Matthews uh, said on his Twitter. Car- Carlito looked in great physique. Body guy Carlito. I, you know, I I hope that they, I never thought I would say this, but I hope that they got him on a contract because, <laughs> I think know, he's I, trying I, out as a producer from what I read. Oh, that's oh, awesome. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Very cool. That's Very one cool. of my uh, um, one of my favorite uh, autograph things that I own is that fake Apple signed by, by Carlito. Where not only did Carlito say, "Are you sure you want me to sign this? It's going to go bad." And I'm like, "Brother, it's a fake Apple." He goes, "Oh well, I'll just go." <laughs> also, I remember Chris giving me crap for that because Chris yeah. also thought it was a real Apple. I thought that was really funny. But it's one well, of my favorite things that I own. One of a... those that one of those toy stores that does all the uh, the signings now had Carlito a couple weeks ago, and he had like a hundred autographed apples that he was like selling for like twenty five bucks. It's like, oh, Carlito smart. autographed apple. I wonder. Smart, I wonder smart. how many people like had that before me. I'm sure there Probably. were tons, but yeah, a bunch of people know. sit at the airport waiting for Carlito with apples. And it's cool because that yeah. the apple that I, I I got that apple signed in 2011 I think at a, a PWS show actually, and we I got the apple signed, but that apple was also one that I asked Carlito. I took in 2004 or five to an autograph signing with Carlito, and I asked him just to hold it up in a picture to get it <laughs> to get a picture with him with it. I figured How maybe he would sign it. How many times did you go see Carlito? Well, I, it was just the the two times, but it was because I went to Ringside Fest, so I got the the big deal. So I got to ah, uh, yeah, I got everybody I, so there. And then PWS, I wanted out, the Apple signed. For mark out wise, I think that I totally marked out for Ray Ripley eliminating Alexa Bliss during that transformation. Um, and we didn't even bring this up, but do you think that we could see Alexa Bliss appear on NXT to go after Rhea Ripley to get her revenge? Rhea Ripley is going to Monday Night Raw. At WrestleMania, it's going to be The Fiend and Alexa Bliss versus Randy Orton and Rhea Ripley. Well, where are you getting that from? My brain. Uh, I don't know. You know what's something interesting also is Karrion Cross. I believe he keeps putting Edge on notice. 
Good. He should be. That would be that would be cool. That would be cool. Not but, Carlito cool, but it would be cool. Um, I marked out for the end of Major Fest, which was outstanding. Um, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but it was pretty great. And Matt Cardona put on one hell of a show. <laughs> and if you haven't listened to it yet, uh, go to the Major Pod Network. And they have their own feed now for the FWF. So listen to that podcast. Because we know that Brandon won't do it. Profit podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm not going to listen to the... I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna listen to other people's podcasts. I'm gonna listen to the Matt Cardona True Long Island Story though. That's what I'll listen to. Yeah, I know. But you listen to this, you'll be blown away. Yeah. Storytelling, brother. And on that note, let's end our 10 year anniversary, a decade of podcasting. Thanks for Brandon for making a a great new header for the website and a great picture of the week. The thank you. Parody of the Undertaker. <laughs> Make me famous. <laughs> Anyway, you can listen to this on all your major podcasting applications, markandout.com, facebook.com slash markandout, twitter.com slash markandout, oh, excuse me, YouTube and Instagram.com slash markandout11 and twitch.tv slash markandout. Email us, markandoutwad at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at ChrisSweenDog, Dave on Twitter at DaveTheRave underscore MO, and Brandon on Face on whatever, on Twitter and Instagram at BTG161. And until next week, and hopefully for the next 10 years, hopefully not, we wish you <laughs> the, the, the best, best of luck in your, future, in your future endeavors. Have a fantastic week. Good looks on the chocolate cake. Ah!